This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boy came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Porter. And here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Besides a lot. Yeah, not much, man. Um, this is a loaded show. Uh, y'all don't care about me. Uh, let's get to it. Be like a day late, and there's like you know shit happening <laughs> on top of shit. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we say this off air, but let's do it on air. Uh, we we if if you want to go to our Twitch stream or I'm sorry, not my Twitch stream, to Rich's Twitch stream, um, it will be published. Uh, it will be playing the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Fight fight song, march song, uh, because uh, just just to basically pack up Herschel Walker because he is um, apparently set to lose um, the uh, his Georgia runoff with Raphael Warnock, and he's and he is uh, set to lose by a lot. Um, we don't know how much, but it's go it's going to be a lot. Um, people have already called it. This is down to the numbers, if you will. Uh, speaking in Florida, yep. y'all. So. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to partake in that, uh, you can go to the Twitch and check that out. Link is in the description in the podcast uh, to go see that at the beginning of the show. But uh, now that we're here, um, yeah, man, um, this, you know, I think I have to go back to how down we were the week before the midterms. And um, it was it, it was real doom and gloom and like. I was thinking some things that I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be alarmist, but, um, um, I was, you know, I am a person that like, you know, a couple of times hit the Google search and around 2000, uh, the end of 2016, it was like, Hey, um, What's hit? What did? What is this? Bruce Me- Bruce Mel's moan. Uh, MJ does PR. What what's the weather like up there? Yeah, like what is it? Yeah, what is this Canadian uh, dual citizenship hidden for? Like that? I, I was like, how many years I got to put in investing in that? Like I I have I've, I've done a little bit of googling on that and back in 2016. So like, so I didn't want to say anything too alarmist, but like it, it's nice to know that like um you know negative so- fifty six. What? <laughs> where are you? What? Where are you? No North way. Pole? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> Bruce must be in the top of Canada. Jesus, um, he said he's not shitting us. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I, I will not be living by him. <laughs> wherever, wherever, <laughs> wherever that is, wherever that is, that, that's never happening for me. No, minus fifty six in Saskatchewan. Oh nah, 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 nah. Just no. 
I don't uh, know how you doing it. I don't know how you doing it. That's that's Brewhaven, also a, a Canadian. Yeah. I, I mean, there's different kind of Canadians, and that in Saskatchewan is not the kind of Canadian, not the kind of Canada I'm talking about. Yo, so but, speaking of that, wild. so like you know, it, in um. And, uh, you know, the U.S., like, there's, like, you know, they'll be like, yo, there's West Coast dudes, there, there's Southern dudes. Right. I wonder, is it in Canada? They'll be like, you know, those are them West Coast Canadians. Like, they like they have beef amongst themselves. Like, you know, them East Coast Canadians and then, like, the mid-country Canadians, we can't really, you know, do they, like, not rock with each other? Like, what's the... I, What's the I mean, deal with that? I know I know a little bit of enough to know there is a there is a difference from east to west, right? Like like the Calgary Canadians, like the West Coasters are in like Vancouver, like that's a little obviously that might be different even amongst them, but like that's different from like the east coast of Canada too. Right. Like, like I mean, when you hear about like some of the like some of the Edmonton stuff or whatever else, like that sounds like that like eighties Edmonton don't sound too much different from like eighties Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just don't. Like it's a whole bunch of people striking, you know, hitting licks for oil and and, and snoring cocaine. So I, you know, um, I, I mean, that's a, that's a whole different. Alberta that was, that was, is you know. Texas. That's funny. What do you say? He said Alberta is Texas. That, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like when you know, uh, I remember watching wrestling with shadows. And they would have that stampede where they all dress like cowboys and shit <laughs> up there. So. <laughs> Oh man, but um, yeah, man. Um, Kanye West. Um, so we did a post show. Um, I don't know how long ago, maybe two months ago, ago? four or five months ago, I think. Yeah, and we basically like, I think we like buried him pretty good on that, right? Yeah, and basically was like, yo, you know, this is where it's all leading. This is like absolutely ridiculous. This is absurd. And then this fool just makes it like he doubles all the way down, goes almost as far as you can go, um, and pretty much lights like I think the you know like like I was talking to James about this and I was saying like, well, I don't think there's anything he can do to really shock us that much anymore. Um, like as far as this this meltdown, whatever the fuck this is. Um, so I just looked <laughs> up. It was uh, October eighteenth. October eighteenth. Okay. Yeah. And I saw this, and one, I was not even horrified this time. I was like, not this time. I was like, he can't be serious. I was <laughs> like, first, you're on with Alex Jones. Yeah. All right. And if you have Alex Jones telling you that, whoa, buddy, you need to reel it in, like, obviously something has gone wrong. Um, a guy that owes billions of dollars to uh, Sandy Hook victims and shit. Um, I I don't understand uh, what Kanye is going for. Um, it, it is never a good thing to uh, say you like Hitler. I, I, I don't. I, di- I didn't know this needed to be explained, James. And then, like, the amount of people, like, defending this and also, like, saying, like, you know, uh, basically tying it in with, with, with black folks and uh, a lot of black people standing up saying, you know, Hitler, you know, he, he actually, like, you know, he rocked with black folks. Like, like what? Like, no. I, no. It's like, like, there's a lot of no child left behind going on uh, <laughs> here right now. And... And George Bush needing to pay for his crimes and his and and, and everything like this, like, um, 
Kanye West can fuck off all the way, um, the long way. Uh, the old music's in the shitter. The new music's like, like as far as I'm concerned, Kanye West was an artist from 2004 to 2010. Anything after, don't care. Watch the Throne, don't care. Yeezus, really don't give a fuck. Life of Pablo, don't care. Everything after that, really don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, I don't, I don't understand why we're while we are still subjected to uh having to deal with this loon um everyone with a platform uh especially like in like like right wing circles have like basically said uh you know we'll put a microphone uh in front of this man's face and and you know use them for whatever they can use them for as mm-hmm. far as traffic and yep. everything like that and a game is being played i don't know what for right now but um it's the rise of uh, lots of normalizing anti-Semitism, which goes back into the Kyrie thing, which goes like which almost feels like levels away from this one. But it's all part of the same shit. Doesn't it feel like Kanye got his ass out there and like stepped in it and like then then Kyrie like became the He's face like, I want of, some it of this too. For, for a couple weeks and like Kyrie's not even necessarily not even close to as bad as Kanye. And then Kanye was like, but, but, but he got the attention. Let me get the attention back. And he's like, and he says what he says. It's, it's like, it's, it's very, it's very like, I want the attention and Kyrie even on accident took it from me. So I need to like double down or actually like quintuple down and like, and, and get, and get this back. And it's like, yo, this is, there's no coming. Like, Obviously, there was no coming back from, but it's like, this is like, this is when, like, even the people that are, like, some of the most, like, um, let's say, let's say people think that you have a path, everybody's redeemable, like, once you get to the Hitler, like, the Hitler is fine stuff, like, then, then, that's, like, when a lot of people, like, that's the last step, like, the only thing left for him at this point is, like, murder, rape, pedophilia, and like defending that kind of stuff. Like there's really nothing after this now. And it's like, I, I think for, for a lot of, uh, this nonsense is Kanye is, has tried to do the, do the shock jock stuff for like publicity and also around launches for, for projects. But, um, and that's why, you know, I tuned the shit back out and I tuned, I tuned the shit out in 2016, but like, it's not even about Kanye as much as it is the discourse around like people, um, like the def- like either the uh condemnation or the uh like defense of him and I that, and that actually is like gets my attention and I'm just like like I just find it interesting that people want to defend this like is it, you know defending the undefendable um so like, what like, do you get this, out of this right so like at this point it's like he's he's reached one of those lines where it's like all right bro there's only there there's there's really nothing else left outside of murder rape and in like incest and pedophilia that you have left now. So it's like, at this point, you, you like, remember, who, who, is there anybody that's like, cause you know, we're, we're now old. Do, do you now? remember like what, what, once 50 cent was found out, like as far as like, and I hate to bring 50 into it, but like when his entire strategy, how to market music was found out, it was like, Oh, you just start with beef with everybody. And you right. don't have anything else. Right. It was like, like literally once, uh, the, the Kanye thing for, for that nine 11, 2007 release, uh, date for Curtis and graduation. Yeah. Yeah. And like now it's like, well, Oh, okay. So like you've, you've milked all the shock stuff as far as you can. 
everything else is under under this now. Right. And, so and we're, so the diminishing returns should start kicking in here. Is what it's I'm already saying. happened. As far as yeah. musically, like there is I don't, not to say there actually is any music this time around, but like he gets dropped. I mean, he's getting dropped everywhere. Um, and whatever he like, you reap what you sow. Um, but or not even a but, just just moving on from that. It's really str- it's really strange that there are still people out there. And I shouldn't be surprised that there are people out there that will defend anything. Oh um, yes, yes. Uh, but it is, but it is really like um, it's sad for me at this point to see people that are like that really, and we'll, and we'll move on to other people believing in um somebody's like vision and dream in a second. But <laughs> um, obviously not nearly as bad as this. But it's like it's uh it's really sad to see people like really like tied their identity and you know what was the word you talk about when people like uh get these relationships with people they don't know that are celebrities whatever was it was the word parasocial but that, that's the word when have this like parasocial bond with these people and like through their fandom or whatever else and like it becomes um a part of their identity and they can't like necessarily sh- like shake it and like that's what this is like i feel like people that are defending i feel i feel sad for for, for these people because like they've been let down um, and it's not necessarily for Kanye to, um, to be a superhero and hold up to the ideals that everybody place upon him because he made some really good ass music. But when you are a person that is trapped and trying to sell yourself as like a figure of hope, like he has, like in connection with his faith, which is also the downfall of this because like he's using his faith to then like say this terrible stuff about Jewish people. Like yep. it's, 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 I feel really bad. I feel really bad for people that like, cause I mean, I was one of those people years ago. I'm mean, not to the extent that I see other people around me in my personal life that are on it, but it's like, it's, it's like, you felt like you knew the dude or to an extent in a way that like, you didn't feel like you knew any of the other, uh, uh, like artists at the time. It, it felt like he was communicating to you in a more direct way somehow through the, through the music, through the medium of music. than like, the other great artists that are out there that are his contemporaries. And like for this to happen to, to like to from, you know, from through the wire to now, I'm always going to be like, how the fuck did this happen? Um, yeah. This is one of the great like falls in society. Like, yeah. it, like I, I was, I think I was uh, mentioned to Kirby. I was like, imagine if this was a biopic. Like the fall, like like we would get to the peak of the movie, right? And then there would be like two hours left of like just a, a complete chaotic downfall, and then it would be a very sad ending, whatever yeah. the fuck the ending and, and was. And the thing is, it keeps going and it keeps getting worse because it's like if we were doing the Kanye moving, get to that like, like let's say that that fall, right? Like we're talking about like the third act is 2016 when he's talking about you know slavery was a choice and. It's 2022. Look, and in the second in the second act, you start seeing him bring the Confederate flag around. Right. And, right. <laughs> and During trying to explain this in, in his work, and he's claiming that he is trying to repurpose it or whatever. It's like he's trying to make it mean something else, which is like he's trying to reappropriate it. It's like, nah, man, black people don't get to reappropriate anything. That's only white people that get to reappropriate things. That's not how that works. It's never how the, that's never how the game has ever gone. Kana Hasi Coast uh, once said Kanye wants white freedom. And it, and I think he said that in like 2018, and boy, it rings very true yeah. to this day. To this day, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's really it is weird how like I feel like we have less to talk about than even 
Uh, yeah, like there's not really much. There's right. not really analysis here. Right. Like if you, if you want like the analysis, check out that post show we did that's on the YouTube. Uh, but this is more just like, hey man, this is dangerous. Yep. This is. I think that's sad. why there's less to say. I think that's why yeah. like, it's like it's not even like a thing where it's like you can it, it can be convincing otherwise, or you feel like the need that you have to say certain things because. Um, He's kind of was talking in code the first time around when he started hitting on this stuff with Jewish people, even though he said he's going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. Now it's like, okay, like there like, is no, like there is no, way to, we, we there's held, no going we, back now. There's no going yeah, back. Like before we held it up and show, showed you like the details of this yeah. thing. What now this it's is. for anyone. Now it's like, now it's like, well, we were right, weren't we? Yeah. It's almost victory lap. Yeah. It's almost victory lap. A sad, sad, sad fucking victory lap at that too. Look, being right isn't, doesn't always feel good. That is true. That is absolutely true. Um, Um, Moving on. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of being right about something else, we never really talked about this on the show before, but I think next thing is Dion, right? Yeah. It kept like, um, like getting on the show sheet, then somehow just like us missing the topic, like throughout the time he was in Jackson State. Mm -hmm. So this is a. I'm I'm sure I'm just going to go ahead and get out of the way. Uh, like the, the, to, to the people that are watching this or listening to this, like I have a full on uh, bias with blind spot in, in affection for Deion Sanders. Like uh, I, you know, I started as long as I can remember, I was a Florida state Seminoles fan and Deion Sanders was like everything to me. Like he was cool as motherfucker or one of the coolest motherfuckers ever, and he's playing two. And he's playing baseball, and and also he's like the best corner cover corner to ever live, and he's fast guy to ever in, in, in NFL, and like he is like he is the star that helped like solidify Florida State, like besides just like them playing anyone anywhere, and they have the talent to be great, like they were great before he actually landed on campus. But the thing is like. He is the star on the marquee for the campus at the time. Like it is, go watch, you know, Thorpe Thorpe uh, finalist, Thorpe eventual Thorpe winner, Deion Sanders in the Florida State Seminoles in in 1980 and 1989, or sorry, 87 through 88. In you know, what I'm saying like, so like, yeah, like to me, he's the greatest player in the history of the of the I'm saying promotion of the of the of the university in like, like his cachet and his charisma like led him into being like the person that you think of with the big smile and the charisma and like the ability because of like the literally, literally actual person that actually is large in life. Like um, with all of that charm, charisma in the, in the suits and the smile and all of that and the chain and the, in the um, bandana and the, and the headband and the gold chain. There's so in the, oh, there's so I keep going about, it. there's so much in the, in the, in the, but um, like, he has, uh, he was able to, like, for a lot of people, like, be a lot of things to a bunch of different people, like, in the, reg- in, like, in the, if you will, like, around, like, the, this fandom of football, like, to, to country dudes, he's, you hear him talk, that's country as hell. That's yeah. churchy as hell, right? And it's always been the case with him. Like, to up north dudes, city dudes, or whatever else, whatever you want to call them, like, they see the flash, or whatever else, and it's on some like flare shit, and they see the you know they see the minx and all the gold and whatever else, and they respect that too. Like he means a lot to like to everyone, and like in a way, um, I remember when Jimbo Fisher was at Florida State, 
And like when he had dudes from Miami uh, visiting, like the car that he would bring to campus at that particular or the football practice that particular uh, week or, or whatever else would be like would be like uh, coupes or Mercedes cars, whatever else. And then when he's bringing in like f- like dudes from like Polk County, someone like a like a Derwin James or he's bringing in like country dudes from Alabama or Georgia, he's in a pickup like. Dion is one of those people that's able to like walk that line pretty finely because like he he can mean so many things to different people and because he was so great like I mean you still got people in the league now doing like doing the high step and you know and all that kind of stuff after they get an interception all that kind of stuff to this day and he's been out of the league for over fifteen years um so um I he had been like you know this happens with a lot of NFL players like do youth coaching, do high school or whatever else. And I remember, you know, around the time, um, he had said something on the lines that he wanted to be, a, he, he, he was something about, he wanted a Florida state to give him a job coaching, um, defensive backs. And it was like, but you can't really take that seriously because it's like, there's no way in fuck he wanted to be a, a, a defensive backs coach for Florida state. Right. Right. Like, that's too small of a job for someone as great as him and as successful as he is. Like, that's, like, no. Like, you ever hear about, like, people say, like, I'm overqualified for a job? He's absolutely one of those people. So, he he didn't have any um foot or college experience coaching. So, but he wanted to be a head coach. It was obvious. And, like, yeah, saw for, you know, like, from the 2010s to, to you know, to, until Jack State, he had did all this stuff with Under Armour for, like, Under Armour's um, all American game, all that kind of stuff. When you have the, you know, the week camp or whatever else, so you have like, you know, I'm like the McDonald's all American game. Like there's two, you have the all under armor or you have the, um, the army one. And he was always with the under armor one. So he ends up getting that job at Jack state. Um, he gets to deal with, uh, Jack state to do the apparel for, um, under armor, do the, the apparel for, uh, Jackson state. Um, they have all the, all the color schemes and designs, like damn near as many as, um, Oregon, right? And, uh, he makes the thing work. And that's a credit to his singular, like, charm and personality to make that work. And obviously, Jack State has a long history of success even before Dion, um, in the heyday of HBCU football. Um, when, you know, you look around and you're like, where are most of the pro football Hall of Famers come from? Oh, they come from historically black colleges and universities. They come from FAMU. They come from Graham. They come from Southern. They come from Jack State. Um, so it was a feel good story for a lot of people, including me. Um, and, but the thing was, I always felt this is all along the, along the road. Like these are stepping, stones to get to where Dion wants to get to, which is he wants to be a college head coach because I personally believe he could be, he could, he has something, he has something going for him that no other coach in America has. Not Nick Saban, not Kirby Smart, not, um, not Lincoln Riley, none of them. He is, he has a, he has the ability to go into a room or go into a uh into homes into kitchens into living rooms and sell and put the rings down on the table and say y'all know me y'all know what i stand for y'all have heard the myth y'all have heard all the myths and the legends and, and folklore about me and he can lean in and be like all of it's true and give you that big smile and then you're fucking in um 
So for me, with Dion, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of the glitz and the glamour, or whatever, but he's also like the dude that was like, we thought was like one of the first people to ever like do tape study. Like he's a dude that's known for like, what the fuck is a laser disc? Why do you, what's a laser disc and why do you, what's a laser disc player and why do you have it on this, on this plane flight? Oh, you're watching film? He's one of those guys. So, um, like, I, th- I think the 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 deal with uh, this thing and like I I feel like Dion obviously like I think Bomani Jones has done an excellent job talking about a, a lot of this stuff like in in a way where it's like I think you know if people want to be upset with Bomani they will uh, largely because they are jumping out the window to defend Dion rather than kind of looking at it as Bomani said uh, this being about Dion, not really being about the HBCUs. And, um, you know, I, I even, you know, I don't want to say I bought it completely, but I, you know, I was looking, I was like, wow, this could, this would be dope if this like happened. Like if, if like, you know, they were able to basically upset the, um, the, the hierarchy of college football. And, uh, and and if he wanted to, you know, stay there, I I thought it was unlikely, but, um, I, I think the problem um, that how I'm looking at it is I think Dion wanted to do all this and then like not be told he was a bad person for it. And I don't think anyone's like basically like been able to look at him and say, Dion, you're not a bad person for like taking the the next offer. It's like it's just like you don't have to you didn't have to do you know the say the rhetoric the the god sent me here to do all this stuff like you just didn't have to like kind of traffic in that stuff as well but like you're not a bad person for for going after you know and i don't think people really know how to handle it when you put it like that because it's like it's the game yeah i i think when people look at it it's like all right um you know, like like I was having a discussion with uh, someone we know, and it was just like I think he was like kind of thrown off that I didn't like basically admonish Dion for for like actually leaving. It was like, well, no, I was like, we can we can talk about like what you did, but like at the same time, think like, yeah, that's the that's that doesn't make you a bad person though. And I I think the the problem is you know. For the people that want to defend Dion, they think everyone's calling Dion a bad person for doing this, which and I don't believe there is are true. Some, but that's not there, most there are some. That's I'm, not I'm, most I'm, I'm not going anywhere near that sellout stuff, like because no, like here. like they're they're selling out. And uh, the gentleman we talked about in the first segment, he's doing that, yeah. like, and that's not what Dion's doing at all. Dion is, um, you know, he he's basically finding an alternate route, like you know, to, to, to get to where he, he wanted to be. And was the HBCU like a casualty of it? Yes. Did they play the game knowing what they were signing up for? Yes, they did. And I think it was mutually beneficial. It was going to end, but I think it just brings out a lot of uncomfortable conversations that people may or may not be comfortable having in public in mixed company. Uh, and it's a, uh, it's a strange kind of uh, thing because like, I, I like Dion, like I don't have like that same attachment um, to him that uh, you, you do James, Mm -hmm. but like he's obviously like charismatic. Basically every time he's talking, he sounds like he's selling something to us, but he's a, he's ultimately a likable guy with a big smile. And like, 
all the game in the world. And we've seen all those videos that he was putting out uh, basically because in Jackson State, they record everything. Yeah. Like basically like when he's talking to the kids, like I mean, he's bringing fucking Brittany Renner in to talk to the dudes. And it's yeah. just like he's preparing these dudes like on a, on that a last whole other level. Or his first season? I, can't remember. I think it was like last season. Okay. Yeah, but like he was preparing, like you know, he he's got all the all the propaganda. Oh, it's all all there, baby. Like all of it, any everything that we need to see. Oh yeah, we see. But um, and and that's before you get into the X and the X's and O's aspect and the recruiting. And you know, he said he's bringing his luggage with him, and you know, he's able to make an impact with the transfer portal and also like you know his recruiting ability and Under Armour and everything that that comes with being Dion. So um, I would. I would think people could kind of compartmentalize a lot of these things and and look at the pros and look at the cons because what, what are there faults to what Dion did? Yes, because yeah. like there are there you know I think you're only going to get so far saying God led you to do um, these certain things with certain people uh, that may not rock with you in, in that that way. Yeah, but you know. I, that's all I pretty much had to say. Like, I, I think it's a complex issue that we just have to look at every piece of and not be lazy about. Right, it. and I think I think like when you just look at it, like the optics of it was so alarming to a lot of people that may not know. Like, like if you're just w- listen, if you're not into college football and you're just watching the story, it's like okay, so this guy was success. This guy came in, no coach experience, went to a lower level, which makes sense why you get a lower job. But the part where he gets the job is because he's a legend and he like knows how to, and he's done a lot of work with, with high school football. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I understand why he gets that job. Um, at that, at, at that level. And then like, he's very successful with it at the start. And then like, that's, and then he gets a better, he gets a better job monet resource wise. But when you see like, He's going from twelve and zero potential to be thirteen and zero to, uh, and then like he's going to like the worst program in Power Five. Like it ring it, 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 it a lot of a lot of things go off because it's like wait a second he can get a better job. And you know you heard me the whole like you know last week um like in messages like okay so we don't know how real any of this Cincinnati talk is we don't know how how real any of the South Florida stuff is but like. Buffalo's jobs are better than Colorado because we all I was all in the assumption or maybe maybe it's my fault I don't know but like I was in the assumption like he's flipping jobs just like most coaches do right we just had um Satterley leave from Louisville to go to Cincinnati he took a step he took a step down after already being at Louisville for a number of years why because it's to get the start literally to get the clock going on a new contract uh, instead of getting off and getting off of a hot seat right like we know how this game goes now. Like we can't even try to be like pretend like it's the old college tries. Like no, the game is you. You are getting people to buy into, to believe in you and what you're trying to build at this particular university. And uh, as everything goes well, you are plotting to then leave. And that's not just separate. That's not just uh and uh, and take your singular. players with you. Yeah, and that's not just singular to Dion. Hello, Lincoln Riley just took Caleb Williams from him right out of Oklahoma to the Heisman Trophy probably this weekend um, at USC. So, like, that's not – that's this is some singular to Dion thing. But it what is unique to Dion is – is he's he did this at an HBCU and then he's leaving HBCU. And um, I think they'll still be successful in the swag without him. 
Um, but the part that I think bums out a lot of people is when we talk when you talk about in front at the beginning of this is like the idea of what kind of power uh you know HBCU football could have. Um like you know me, I always think about like uh certain universities and like art already sleeping giants, right? Like I you know, what year was when I started talking to you about Georgia? Like Georgia could just like it, I was 2015 like mid, or 16. I was, like, I was gonna say like 2014, 2015, something like that. Right, right. Like, and I was looking at the Clemson thing, and it's like, you know, like if they ever the population's growing, whatever else. There's the Carolinas, you know, like with South with Spurrier leaving South Carolina, those kids got to go somewhere. Why not Clemson? They're always 110 miles from it from Metro Atlanta. Like that could be a good job. And then, Lord, you know, like the money comes in. Um. That Greenville area is like booming right now, and two now championships later with Dabo. Um, for me, thinking like of Jackson, it's like I didn't think Dion was going to stay there for long, but the way he was talking, if you buy into that and, you, and you're thinking from the perspective of me of like Sleeping Giants, like, okay, so why can't they be Cincinnati or, or Memphis or whatever else? Like, the like the state of Mississippi has a football um like hub for or not hub but like uh as a, as a place that like produces talent is a very untapped resource because of institutional racism. Like the education is terrible, kids can't pass. University of Mississippi has all those issues. Like you look at where the you look at you go through this uh. 60s like, and all the 70s. Tennessee shit is right there. Like, right. you just reach right across the border. Right. Because because Jackson, North Mississippi. It's like, and you look at like, you look at like where the, like the Pro Football Hall of Famers have come from. Right? And you're like, from, you know, from b- before the, uh, let's say 90s. And you're like, there's a lot of fucking dudes that went to HBCUs in the Mississippi area that end up not going to Ole Miss. Why did not go to Ole Miss? Oh, you know I didn't go to Ole Miss. The Confederate flag, the rebels stuff, singing Sweet Dixie, all that. That's a big part of that. So it's like, yeah, there was a potential for that. It just all it came down to is the right person there that can that already comes in with advantages from his relationship with Under Armour and and working with some of the top in relations with working with some of the top programs. Or uh, they have they get some of the top talent in high school to then give be willing to give a look to that, and he has and he has the game and the mount and the gab to, to get people to convince themselves of hey I'm I, you know like I want to I want to go to a place where like I'm not just there for football I'm there to actually take in um like the experience of, of whatever bit of a college experience you actually could get um while being you know in practice all the goddamn time but like in a way where it's not just like you're there and you're only there for football and the people only look for you for football. They can find value in you outside of what you do there. So like, yeah, I, um, I can see why people are, are, you know, were sold that dream and bought onto it and are upset and I feel bad for them. Um, but, but I don't necessarily think that Dion is, as you mentioned, like, I don't think Dion's a bad guy for this. That's just the game. Um, I just wish that he hadn't done some of the stuff or said some of the stuff he said. I wish he could take back the part where it's like, why not us? Why not HBCUs? Like he didn't, he didn't have to make himself the face of that. 
Maybe he felt like he did to, you know, to actually sell people further on the dream. Like, this is actually a real thing. Maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll never know that. But he said what he said. And, like, that shit sucks now that he's gone. And, like, you know, it's going to be weird is, like, to see what success is for him. Because, like, they're not going to be going 11 uh, or 1 in 11 um, in Colorado. Like, they should, they should at least jump to, like, a six-win team minimum next I, year. I think... I, I mean, I, I, who knows what happens, whatever else. Like, uh, like I, I heard that like Colorado is notoriously hard for transfers or whatever else. I heard they're going to make some, they're going to give Dion more leeway with that. So we'll see. But like, this was a place where like they, I mean, they used to compete for the Big 12. And I, I've only taken one trip to Denver, Colorado. Uh-huh. Like, it's a really nice place. So <laughs> I mean, I think they can get people up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the part is like, you look at like, there's really, there's really, you're looking around and you're like, where is the talent? But the thing is with Dion, you have the ability to recruit nationally uh, in a place, in a, in a way that like you would not have with anyone else with that job. And that's right. the thing that made, that I thought made Dion special or gave him the potential to be special if he could just figure out like how to maintain a staff, how to not get lazy, how to just basically be a CEO, like to be a Bobby Bound, a Dabble Sweeney. If he could figure that out, and, and keep his staff right and, and stay on top of guys, not let like, um, bad culture spread from letting, you know, knuckleheads on, on, you know, like overtake your, your, your roster or whatever else. I think that if he, given his level of charisma, I think that he could just be a, just a dynamite, um, recruiter of talent at a good place. So like, yeah, I mean, even at Colorado, I think, you know, with obviously, you know, in a few years, you'll have um, USC out of there. You'll have uh, UCLA out of there. And that doesn't mean that, like, Utah is going to get bad or Oregon's not going to, you know, still rock. But they, they will. But, like, I think that, like, this is a place. And I don't think this is the last stop uh, for, for him, right? Um, but I think this is, like, a place where he can come in and he can win over, like, three years. I don't know. Anywhere from... 18 to 21 games and you look at that and you look at what it was his like 17 years before he got there and he's like all right now it's time to get him a real job because there were people that were talking before uh <laughs> before uh who did auburn hire i can't remember right now Hugh they hired, yeah before they hired Hugh freeze people were kicking they say there you know there was some some little whispers about Dion. is like i'd rather hire Dion sanders than Hugh freeze because <laughs> because the thing is, if you're worried about if you have any reservation about Hugh Freeze, is because you think he's going to do something stupid, and it's like, all right, well, if you're going to do something stupid, then like let's try it with Dion because I think Dion will have a less chance of, of having it blow up in a way that like it did at uh, Ole Miss for Hugh Freeze. So yeah, like yeah. we'll see, we'll see how this all goes. I think he'll be successful, and I think this ain't his last stop, and I think he's going to get himself a good ass job, and we'll go from there after that. And, uh, and I'm I'm interested to see how this goes, his career. Um, and how he handles like being in different places. Like Dion outside of deep South in Florida is different from Dion. Um, when yep. he's there and I, and I'm interested to see like how that's going to play with like, you, you know, SEC, ACC, big 12 country, parts of the big 10. Like you can say certain things in press conferences and like, you know, obviously like media availability, the way coaches and football staff or, or uh, media can, or media uh, staffs can hold, up like journalists or whatever else but like certain places like that that good old like christian charm is not going to fly and i don't know i don't know like what it's like down in boulder i don't know so, so if anybody's we'll prepared for that it, it's Dion sanders who was in dallas texas and san francisco and atlanta and new york for his baseball career like he'll be ready i hope because i don't know 
because I don't know how it goes when Dion gets an interview that he don't like, and I don't I don't think I've ever seen too many of those. And like, I mean, you can get a small team. taste through through like him responding to to Bomani like subliminally, like like we can see something's uh, there. Like you know, yeah. it's like where he'll drop the 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 facade, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and and give it back. But you know, it'll happen. But yeah, I, it, I think it'll I, ultimately I mean, I'm be. really interested to see how that goes because look, that happens with everyone. And look, I'm not saying that like look, we've seen these Nick Saban blow ups over the stupidest of shit. We've seen um, we've seen Dabble act an ass and become and literally make his program unlikable over the last five years with, with his nonsense. So yeah. yeah um, We'll see how this goes, but like I, I'm, you know, regardless of whatever happens, I'm always gonna be rooting for him. It's Dion. Like I, I just can't, I just can't. Like you know, like it, he's just a like the name and everything just like literally makes me smile, put a smile on my face. Like he, he's that kind of guy for me. Uh, as far as like celebrity and like what he means to me, oh, and like literally part of my identity as far as like growing up. So like I can't, I can't like fake it. Like I'm rooting for him, even 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 with this and it suck. Like I'm still rooting for him. Um, so, uh, moving on, um, so the leader of the William Regal Appreciation Society, uh, seems to have wrapped up, uh, with AEW this past week. Uh, William Regal seems to be on his way out of AEW and presumably back to WWE. Um, and this comes like after like a very weird storyline with Moxley and MJF and, um, you kind of wonder how long it took to kind of get the ball rolling on all this stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm on, I'm well on the record saying, you know, I I was never really thrilled about the Regal thing here. I think, you know, he had some moments like um, during his tenure where uh, like there was that one promo at NJF. I thought he did a really great job. He got, he admittedly had some rough promos in the beginning, uh, yeah. but he was around uh, on the accord of like Danielson and Moxley and uh, stuff like that. Um, this was always someone from Triple H's inner circle, which I was weary of, of TK like bringing him in personally. And I was like, I, I don't know if I'd do that, especially like, you know, looking at a wrestling war and seeing, you know, how there are uh, people that infiltrate uh, that are that are ops on the low. Uh, some of that stuff's happening, like with the media games that are happening right now. Um you know, the best thing I can say about Regal um, is that he did business in a great way for MJF at the end. Uh, put him yeah. over like very strong. You'll never get me to complain about that. I did not necessarily root for Regal or anything like that. I was I remember at Revolution, the building was going crazy around me. Of course, we're in Orlando. Um, I'm like, everyone's going nuts for Regal. And I'm just like, I, I don't get it. Whatever. Um, in. I don't know. I, I I didn't necessarily like, you know, like I, I don't even like. It, it's it's funny. Like every time someone leaves AEW, it's like an indictment of uh, it's an indictment of the promotion. I saw people making a big deal like this is such a bad look for AEW that uh, Regal's leaving. I'm like, all right, well, was he gonna be Tony Khan's right hand man? No, one, he's not a wrestler. Um, so like, I think his situation is different than other people's that may have been trying to, um, necessarily, uh, you know, leave the promotion. Um, this guy's like, not someone that they're going to throw on screen to hurt you necessarily. Uh, and it seems like, uh, you know, 
like we we know he's Triple H's right hand man, and we know that's like he's going to end up being his Pat Patterson. So I I was under the impression let him go. Like it, there's no reason to either hold him against his will or like make it nasty and and have him floating around. So um, I'll hand it to you, James. Yeah, um, I don't really a lot feel of discourse on all this this week. I, I, I must have missed all of it, so I don't know what's the key stuff. Like, he filled me in on, on like, this, on the discourse around it, and, you know, um, I guess the thing for me is, like, yes, he was an important figure on television since he showed up, um, you know, as, you know, being a, a counsel for Blackpool Combat Club and everything. Um, I think that um, the, sto- the the write-off, if you will, I think that was a great touch for MJF because, quite frankly, that promo did absolutely nothing for me at all until he decked uh, Regal. Um, I guess we'll get to that later. But, um, yeah, like, I, I personally, you know, I, and we've said this in all situations, like, if the talent wants to leave, they should be able to leave. Um, regardless of whatever... Whatever, however you you feel, how justified the talent feels at that time for wanting to get out, they want to get out. They should be willing to get out, just like any other regular job. It's not it's not dudes in tights fighting, right, or fake fighting, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's fine with me. Um, I'm surprised um, that he does want to leave, but then again, he had been in WWE for years, twenty years, right. And, you know, I think we all, in a way of, like, um, we kind of want people to do the kind of things we wish that we could do, right? Like, we, we, can't, we you know, like, similar to the Austin stuff, Austin in, in, in Mr. McMahon, where it's like, he's beating his ass's boss, or he's beating his boss's ass every single week. is fucking awesome, because you want to beat your boss's ass, right? Like, that, that feeling of catharsis, like, we all want, like, People to whenever they get you know wronged in the terms of being laid off, whatever else we want, like your the employer to come crawling back to say they want you, and then you just tell them I found something better, go get fucked. Like I think we all kind of want that. Um, apparently he didn't. Apparently he did like his job. So uh, if he is going back to WWE, more you know more power to him if he were to stay. I whatever like, but I will say this: um, given NXT at a time when he was there. Given um, the Blackpool Combat Club, given the amount of um, love and respect um, and stories we've heard about Regal uh, this year in particular, um, given what we know about like him as a scout and all that kind of stuff, like say whatever you want to about like how good he was or wasn't in the ring in his, when he when we saw him, right? I'll uh, say I, I, I'm I I I will. Uh, not miss him being pushed as like this all time legend. Like no, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. Uh, but say whatever you want to say. Like his style and his influence has won, has won, right? Like, um, and I think that his ability to not get caught up in some of the, the noise when it comes to evaluating talent is been a, has been a godsend for my his abilities as a fan and for the things that I've I've been able to see over the last you know six seven years in pro wrestling uh, and I think pro wrestling uh, a lot of it is for the better because of uh, people like him in it so yeah like whatever he wants to do fine with me um, because like I don't feel like I got shortchanged with like the JSA 
B BCC stuff. I don't think that I got shortchanged with like seeing um, stuff like Danielson and, and Moxie versus FTR. You know, uh, this year that was all, all that stuff was really fucking good. And like you know, uh, so yeah, like blood and guts, all that stuff. Uh, was it um Grand Slam, the, the main event of Grand Slam? Like yeah, all that stuff. You know, around him, and I, you know, so whatever. I th- I feel like if he wants to go. I feel like there was more stuff he could have done in AEW, but he wanted to leave, and that's unfortunate. But we'll see if he can help turn around WWE. <laughs> look, maybe he said, "Look, maybe this is maybe this was God's calling for for real William Regal." Have anyone ever thought of that? Have we chance Regal tried it? Yeah, maybe TK is going to get on the phone call and and say, "Well, God told told or Regal told me God had a different mission for him." So, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, TK is going to have a call where uh, he is going to c- clear it up uh, tomorrow uh, as far as like the, the regal status. Of course, there's a lot of like insane stories that were going on from everyone from EC3 that immediately tried to turn this into, you know, a, an indictment of the culture of AW versus what, uh, regal what, and, what and EC3? just foolishness. What happened? Uh, not even worth not even worth parroting because it turned out to not even be true. Um okay. But yeah, um, you know, so uh, you know he can he can watch PWG, you know, s- sign the top four four people possibly from there, and you know, hey, that's always a good move. Yeah, I know you say I know you say it's easy, but look, you know, how, not, how hard is that? Hey, you know, hey, you you be like, oh, Nick Saban, all he does is go get the five star recruits, exactly, motherfucker. <laughs> that's, that's the point. Um, <laughs> like that is the point. <laughs> So yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah. Um, so after that, did I see um, something about um? Have you seen some of these like PWG entrance? I thought I did, but I wasn't sure. You're not sure if you're getting conned by fake uh, accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I we'll discuss I didn't it later. Get we'll discuss get it later. Um. But yeah, so um, they'll have to rename that entire unit. Uh, this is proof that the Jericho Appreciation Society won um, <laughs> and beat 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 these boys out of promotion. A uh, real in in storyline is a fucking sucker, yeah. and <laughs> and the LeBron James you bum of a lifetime. <laughs> um, just you double cross your unit to get turned on, I, bro. I. I have not rooted for Regal's character. I, I think it's been pretty clear on this show uh, since you know he, he's arrived. When I saw this shit, I fucking howled and laughed and pumped my fists when I saw MJF lay him out. I'm like, see, that's what you give me being a sucker. Like, so uh, we'll move on from there. But um, well, I, U- I will oh, say yeah. this: before moving on, um, it was a very good touch too, because you know MGF during that long thing that he did, uh, like he mentioned Starks, he mentioned Kingston, he also mentioned Danielson, and Dang- and like when Danielson saved, spared him the week before oh, from being I'm, murdered by Moxley, I, that clearly is tying into they're going to do an MJF Danielson match, and like I'm, I'm look, there are a few things right now at this point that I'm interested in seeing with MJF. I want to see how I want to see how Danielson like is able to filter through uh, some of MJF's on- ideas. I'm very down on Danielson right now. Really? Um, we'll, we'll get to it. Um, but, okay. um, and it just ties in from like the last two weeks. It's just like, it's baffling presentation, I think. Um, the, 
uh, thing with Mayu Watani. Uh, so Mayu Watani basically, uh, there was some news that came out uh, that said that she was the original pick for the IWGP Women's Championship. But I got this uh, report from the Observer here. I'm just going to read it out. So it was uh, from Dave Meltzer. Said when IWGP Women's Title was announced, the plan was for Mayu to be the first champion. Stardom had earmarked a big 2023 push for her. She's already known as Icon, but they were going to push that nickname harder. And because of the release of the movie on her life, that would be released in the end of uh, 2023. However, she asked to renegotiate her deal, given that holding the title would mean that she would be doing a lot of U.S. bookings as the champion next year. The sides didn't come to an agreement on a new deal, but she remains under contract. So essentially, she turned down the title for now. And Kyrie, who's who was the second choice, since she's the best known stardom wrestler in the U.S., was made champion. But the idea was always for one of them and the tournament finals to be as Kyrie as the international rep and Iwatani as the Japanese division rep. James, all I want to know is why are their booty holes getting tight for the yen for the stardom icon, Mayu Watani? I don't know. I think maybe it was a situation where, like... Mayu Watani, not a belt mark. Yeah. Or not even a, a belt mark thing as much as it is, like, one... I feel like people don't really understand, like, I understand Mayus came over here a few times, like, they did the 2015 thing, they did the, uh, the Lucha Underground thing, 2000, uh, 2019 in, in New York, or whatever else, Women of Honor, or whatever else, like, she was a shut-in. Like, she was a person that, like, like a recluse, like, wouldn't leave the house for, like, three years of her life, so... Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that, like, she doesn't want to necessarily get on a plane uh, for uh, and do touring in America does not shock me in the slightest. Um, it, it For me, it seems like she, she was more than willing to do it. Like, when I read that, like, a lot of people are saying, like, but, yo, this is the thing. Uh, Mayu doesn't uh, want to work the U.S. I didn't read uh, no, that no, at all. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you know this about her you know that like this should like for her to do these things, it should come at a cost. Like <laughs> this is the cost, right? So, uh, yeah, like we have, I have an agreement to do X, Y, and Z for you. Now you want me to also do like, you know, Z, Y, and T and U. I think we need to rediscuss. We need to go back into renegotiations for what we discussed because this was not what we discussed. Like, you made this boat up out of thin air. And that's fine, but, like, I need compensation I, I for this. Be pressured, I ain't going to be pressured into taking this thing. Yeah. Like, I'll fucking lose. Like, I, like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. care. Like, like I, Yeah, I don't think, you know, and now you, like, she don't care about losing, but whatever. But, my, like, my point is, like, yeah, um, if you're going to uh, have an agreement with someone and, like, the terms change, then, like, yeah, it should be about the time to renegotiate. And now, and now like, this feels like one of those, like, WWE situations where they're, like, we're going to move up to the main roster and do X, Y, and Z and, and change your name or whatever. It's like, I understand that's what you kind of do here or whatever else, but, like, uh, you know, like, can we discuss this at least? And then they're like, well, hold on. What's, what's going on? Well, why, why don't you just want, why don't you just want to just, you know, jump at every opportunity we give you or whatever else I'll pay you? It's like, nah, that's not how this works for, for, for a lot of people. Like, some people just want to be the company person, just do it, just not shake any boats, like, or, or you know, or uh, shake anything up. But, like, some people will. 
And it seems like be one of those situations. Like, I don't think that means that she's going to be on her way out of the company anytime soon or anything like that. I just think that, like, maybe she'll end up being the champion later as opposed to when she won it. And that's fine. It tells a better story if she, than she just won it outright. Like, because you can, you can always go back and have another Kyrie Mayu match and it will be even more emotional than the one we just saw. So, yeah. Um... I don't, I don't, I don't blame the play. Like, look, we talk about how genius Brock Lesnar is, and when he dipped out uh, at the day after, or the day that Vince uh, tweeted out that he was out of there, what do you think? What do you think Brock got? <laughs> All right. Also, so, not a mark. Brock. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it was uh, mildly surprising to hear, but like thinking about it, it's not. It does. It does. It, it doesn't. It, it's something we should have thought about, maybe. Something we should have thought about. Like, so it, it makes me kind of feel better. Like for the preview, you know, I kind of picked Mayu, and and seeing a lot of people that were upset about Mayu not winning, I think it kind of makes those people kind of feel a little justified now. Like, and and what they were thinking before, and you know, really wanted Mayu to be the one to kind mm-hmm. of get that look initially. But um, you know, so so when it when. You know, when she lost, I was, you know, when I heard that she lost, you know, I didn't think to get to watch it. I got fucking spoiled in the middle of the show finding out that she lost. Um, I was bummed, but then I quickly rebounded because I was like, the belt's going to the belt's going to have, you know, Mayu and Heidi's going to have that belt eventually. So that's fine. And like, I feel like it tells a better story than if she had just won it because like she was just the basically the, uh, the champion of a belt that, you know, served the same function. So it's like, it makes sense if she loses it or whatever else and she gets it back eventually. So, yeah, it has opportunities, like, from a viewer's perspective to be a better story than what we had already got. So, that's fine. And also, like, it preserves Kyrie's like, first loss in the company, which she hasn't had yet. And it could set yeah, it up man. for someone, you know, that could use a little bit more than just Mayu and it add as another, you know, great accomplishment that Mayu has had that she beat the WWE Superstar. Um, then you can give it yeah. to Kamatani. Or you know something, some, some something else down the line, or whatever else, Utami, whatever you want to, whatever you want to come up with. One thing is not on the run sheet. Uh, I forgot to mention PWI Tag Team <laughs> One Hundred uh, came out, and uh, we'll go over to the, the top. Uh, no, I'll just you know number one was the Usos. Um, so uh, that was. Um, it, it, and it, there, there wasn't as much like fighting on Twitter, strangely. It's almost uh, on this one. I don't know. Um, okay, so who was number two? I'm assuming it was FTR. Number two is FTR. Three is the Briscoes. Four is Death Triangle, which is you know, and they just listed as the trio. Um, five was Hazuki and Kaguma. Six was RK Bro, Matt Riddle, and Randy Orton. Seven was the OC, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Number eight is the Young Bucks. Nine, the Hex, Allison K, and Marty Bell. Number 10, Violence is Forever, Dominic Garini and Kevin Koo. 11, Aussie Open. 12, United Empire. 13, Street Profits. And okay. that, uh, Swerving Our Glory down at number 18. And then um, the Acclaimed at 20, and what Naomi and Sasha Banks. Five. Um, okay. Naomi and Sasha Banks at 19. Uh, I'll drop this this list in the chat here. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, the Good Brothers are in front of the Young Bucks. That that's very funny. Um, they, <laughs> but I, I think everyone that that is upset wants to talk about FTR being behind the Usos uh, on this thing. Um, 
uh, let's do the disclaimer. It's PWI, blah, blah, blah. Y'all know the rules. Da, da, da. Um, but like when you see this, uh, and shout out to Floyd. Floyd's been seeing this coming for quite a while, actually. Um, so there's like regular exposed, there's underexposed, and then there's overexposed. The Usos are arguably overexposed because they're on both shows mm-hmm. every week, and they've been on both shows every week almost for like a year, and they've had both of the tag team belts locked up. So just by sheer attrition, I think, um, you know, in knowing how uh, PWI tends to re- reward WWE, they don't always do it, but typically that's where they default um, to yeah. do it. That's, you know, we should have seen them being number one yeah. Um, coming. Yeah, like they've been <laughs> double champs. Like, I don't know the evaluation period, but if it's based like similarly in the same time frame as PWI 500 and Women's 150, then yeah, like they've basically been champions, like double champions the whole entire thing. Like, I understand that, you know, FTR, they got the three belts, but like they've only been triple champs for a couple months of probably what would have been the evaluation period. So like, yeah, they're behind. And also the way they tier these belts because of um, the promotions. Like, WWE is at the top of PWI and Kayfabe. Just is. It's always been. Um, and then, like, number two is AEW slash New Japan. And then, and that's a tier of its own. Then the next tier below is, like, when you start getting Impact, at this point now, Stardom, um, ROH, whatever after that. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, you know, after seeing it, I was like, um, and I think this was also, um, became more, this crystallized to me when I was listening to, um, Red Leaf Retrocast podcast about PWI 500. And basically laid out basically kind of what I just said about like you kind of get an idea by who are these who are you know in the top ten like where they see these belts based off of and then like you know things can flip based on the kind of year someone had within that promotion whatever else but yeah like it would have taken a lot for them for FTR to or it would have taken more for FTR to have topped them. Um, not saying, not to say that, F, that the Usos have had a better year than FTR, absolutely fuck not, but it's kayfabe, and in kayfabe is going to be the double WWE tag champs over triple champs from the second tier promotion in PWI's eyes, um, uh, double champs in two, in the two of the bottom, or the second tiers, and then like, a, and then a third tier, uh, title as well, like, just wasn't gonna do it, and also wasn't it for a full, full year, so like, yeah, I, I see what happened. Uh, maybe Dax Harwood should have like uh, tried to compete in more tag team matches uh, rather than losing singles matches. Uh, I don't know if those helped his case. Well, you know, like I don't know how like the FTR anon like move right now because like <laughs> Dax is always. I'm just I'm just waiting. For, I'm just waiting for the, for for the Bucks to be blamed for this. I think the move is them actually trying to shoot an angle on Twitter with the Usos over this, and then tease like they're leaving, so they'll go do and fight them. Mm, maybe I I don't know. Like, but it will it will eventually lead to like you know Dax wanting like the elite rounded up. So like they need to just <laughs> chill out. Who, who like in their fandom just relax like it's not that serious like we're still like they're still out here pretending they didn't like beat them in march right like, yeah they're still pretending like if jeff hardy hadn't hadn't like have gotten an, another dui that like ftr or sorry uh, the inbox have been champions this year like no that wasn't a plan Je- jeff hardy fucked the money 
Um, so yeah, it's um, really strange. There's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, yeah. You know, the the elite rigged the PWI. You know. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, where are they numbered? Uh, uh, Young Bucks are number eight. Number eight. They rigged it, but made themselves number eight. Is that just that? Is that just to get plausible what, 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 what kind of they, they, what, what kind of backwards logic is this? That's that's some strange logic. You know, look, either the young bucks are light years ahead, like like Bob Myers, like <laughs> you know, I always did call them boys Stephen Clay. You know, so I, you know, I don't I don't know, man. And uh, you know, FTR Ball is saying this is bullshit. These are lies. Paul Heyman must have wrote this on Twitter. So like, you know, he's doing his gimmick and, and all that. But um, yeah, man. We'll uh, see. What- much like Kanye West, we'll see what's up with uh, FTR and Dax next week. Yep, uh, Briscoe's getting to number three off of like not two like, matches, like two matches and like a lot of independent work. <laughs> uh, Death Triangle getting to number four, so I, I guess that I, I, I I'm I I feel like a Jurassic Express should have been better represented on this thing, but um. Um, uh, I wouldn't have minded that. I just think when did they break up? Like May? They, they were they were champions for six months. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I just think that I don't know. It was weird. Like they were having great matches and great defenses, but like it seemed like they got cold while still having great defenses, and then they broke up, and now they are where they are. Um, you know, like but maybe, bro, I can't maybe, even find them listed. That's weird. Like like, like where, I will where's say that, I will say this, Rich. Remember that one year when uh, Kyrie was supposed to be ranked like nine or eight, and they totally forgot her, and the, and the woman's one fifty. They, they this might have forgot her. This might have been an old mission. This might have been an old mission where they fucked up and just completely uh, forgot them. I'm looking through the list right now, and it, it, you know, you guys if you have to go the below twenty, then it's a mistake. Yeah, like because no, like there's no way they're behind like House of Torture. Like I still haven't seen them, and I'm in the fifties right now. Nah, looking at this it's thing. a mistake. So, like, they fucked that up, then. They just fucked yeah. up. Like they'll, they'll put out a they'll put out a reprint and be like, oh, we fucked up. They should have been numbered this. My our bad. Um, yeah. Good people at PWI. <laughs> they have angle fuck ups like this. Uh so um Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. are you surprised that uh FWC ended up getting five? Um they were the champions for a while, weren't they? I mean they were the champions. Before before they- uh they won- uh, Nassipoy and uh, Tam got them. They won them in January. They lost them. They dropped them for a month and got them right back. Um, and then they end up losing them in uh, like August. So yeah, they were champions for mo- for pl- at least half of the period. I'm just surprised that Stardom broke through from tags like that. Um, but th- uh, and I'm also surprised. Like, where did you say uh, Death Triangles where again? Eight, four, four. That's another thing where it's like. I don't recall like trios ever like making the tag team thing. Maybe I'm just mistaken on that, and that, it could very well be the case. But it's like so there should case, be more like, trios. Like you- there should be more trios going forward on this, like between the Stardom trios and also the AEW trios division. Like next year's list should have tons of trios on it. Yeah, like, there should I'm, be like I'm, I'm over, a, couple over more a dozen. On here. There should be over a dozen trios to, on there next year. Over a dozen. Yeah. Uh, so uh, James Wild says, "Why wouldn't Aussie Open be above the Briscoes? They did all the same shit, except Aussie Open did more." Um, I would probably just put that down to platform. Platform. Um, they're on New Japan Strong. They're in Rev Pro. Uh, I know they're in uh, New Japan, um, but I, it all comes down to the grading period, I, I think. And um, I, I, I don't know, like. 
that the PWI editors usually have some type of wonky reason. Um, you you'll usually be able to catch them on Twitter, uh, like between the like forty eight hours after the magazine release when they're getting drilled. Um, but yeah, that um, is a good question. Should... Like the Bristol thing is kind of strange to place, but like then I'm just saying like maybe it's just because of the 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 robbery with FTR. Maybe maybe that's just the sole reason. Like they just had to. They had yeah, to they were the in robbery. GCW. Yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, G- James Rawayo says GCW bigger than New Japan now. LMAO. Um, yeah, I think GCW is. Like, you remember how we all would talk about uh, people being like overrepresented in like GCW. In, like, GCW is overrepresented, overrepresented for sure. Um, I this is not a major like this is not. I remember um, going into that. Uh, you know what they are? Now we're just that, talking about college football thing. Like if P, if if Power Five is the majors, like they're they're the top group of five. Like they're they are Temple, they're Cincinnati, they're Memphis. Like they you know like. They they are like the mid major like they're the top mid major uh, thing in America. They absolutely are. Um, whether or not you enjoy you know, the kind of stuff things they do don't really matter. Like they're successful. They just are. Um, so you know you know they've been able to make it work for them. So and there are a lot of people that it's kind of stuff filled to us like you know like the daddy ass of One Nation Radio Dan Coffin. He loves P- he loves at PWG. He loves his, some fucking uh, GCW. So yeah, like. Whatever, man. Game change, literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we should get into the review for uh, Dynamite here. So, um, kind of a, uh, I don't know. I, I like the show. Um, I thought it was decent. I, I love the main event. Uh, I thought Joe and AR Fox was good. MJF's promo for me was like, it was like, uh, I think it was everything. Like, it, there was good, there was bad, there was, I, I hate this. There was like, oh, like, I, I can see the breadcrumbs. Uh, let's just go through it here. And then there is something that we're going to talk about. We're going to lead right off with. So <laughs> um, we began this show um, with uh, John Moxley coming out and he, he walks out the wild thing crowds, you know, having a good time singing the song. Uh, Moxley gets on the mic. He says his career has been a crazy ride. He never knows what's around the corner. You know, three certainties, death, taxes, and John Moxley. No one can outwork him, and he remains the top of the food chain. No man has the balls to tell him any different. And all of a sudden, Hangman Page's music hits. Crowd goes nuts. We celebrate on Twitter. We haven't seen Page in like two months since he got his, his bell rang. Has it been and, two months? Uh, yes. Uh, that was October they did that um, on that Tuesday. So, um Okay, I'm going to say this very slowly for the people that didn't realize what happened here. So while Hangman Page is walking to the ring, Excalibur is letting us know Hangman Page may not even be cleared. He was getting testing from the last time when we saw him. John Moxley was the person that knocked him out in a match legitimately. So... He's coming to see John Moxley, who had challenged any man in the locker room, presumably knowing that not knowing that Hangman was there. The last time these guys were in the ring together, we saw them basically go to an inconclusive finish. Or we saw a conclusive finish. But we saw Hangman a ref stop because someone got knocked out. Correct. And the person that was knocked out 
immediately is coming after the person that knocked them out. I don't know what the big brouhaha was here. <laughs> anyway, yeah. back to the review. Uh, back to the review. Hangman Page uh, basically says, what's up? Comes out there, gets in the ring with him. And Moxley then asks him, do you remember what happened the last time you were in the ring with me? Hangman does not want to talk. He wants to fight. So he sparks Moxley. And what happens from there is a big, big brawl. And then Excalibur has said, Paige has yet to be cleared by the doctors. So what happens? The referees and the security try to break it up because we don't know if there's like insurance for this man yet. So what happens is they separate these guys and then John Moxley takes off running up the, the aisle and busts his ass yes. trying to get to Hangman Page. Yes. But he shakes it off because he's a tough man, tough white man, John Moxley. And then, you know, they're running it a little bit more again. And my God, we got a hot opening segment here. Yep. I don't know why this confused as many smart people as I think maybe I'm giving them too much credit. Dave Meltzer went on his show and said this wasn't like, no, they didn't tell us anything about what happened or anything like that. There was a, I believe there was a gentleman that put the the video directly on top of Dave's video of them, the commentary talking about it. It's like, you understood it, right, Dave? Right? And, and the people that like have had an issue, they understood it, right? Like, I don't know why the default is, oh, somebody might not understand it. What? This is one of the simplest things, like, bro. And this all goes into this astroturfing and then Lance Storm. Um, you know, uh, what, what he did, uh, I, I just, I can't, I'm in disbelief. Uh, and when we're talking about wrestling analysis on just its most basic level, right? And some of this is Lance being Lance, but some of this is, oh, this is, this clearly feels like a grift. Something's going on. And it's like, just the absolute dumbest shit I've ever like seen regarding. And I've seen a lot of dumb shit, like as far as like people bending over backwards to uh, completely lie about whatever they're seeing. But I'm like, if you don't understand this, we need to go back. We need to just end pro wrestling because somewhere along the way it got fucked up to where you have to ask questions like this or you don't understand this. Uh, this simple story of a man that was knocked out coming to challenge the man who knocked him out. How is this hard at all? I, this, I think this is, this is fucking ludicrous. I swear. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm with you. Now I'm doing the thing where like I'm trying to grasp for answers why, why otherwise smart people said something that was like preposterous. Um, so do you think maybe like they're doing the thing where it's like he got legitimately knocked out during the fake fight, so you're supposed to pretend you're supposed to treat it as if like he got legitimately knocked out. Why is he upset? But it's like I, I'm sorry. It's like, like he got knocked out from a quote unquote legal wrestling move. I'm like, so right, right, right. It's like, but he got knocked. But but like, let's say, okay, let's let's put the concussion. Let's grab it or not, I don't know it was concussion. Like, let's take the knockout and let's put it in our pocket and put it right here. The last time we saw Adam Page, he lost to John Moxley. Why? 
Adam Page should be mad that he lost, regardless of if he got concussed or if he got dropped on his head with a with a paradigm shift, right? The, the, per, the because they were heated when they were mad at each other for two. Good. The person who took him out for two months and he's back and he wants his lick, right? That, this should be very simple, right? And even if you want to go and, let, and let's go back further, they had tension over John Moxley big leaguing him, and Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam Page said, like, don't disrespect me as a man. And then they had the match where one of them got concussed. I don't understand. I, I'm going back further to further explain it. I don't even have to go. I, I shouldn't have to go back further than that. Like, I should just left it up to you, Rich. But, like, you're right. And then we go back further. It makes even more sense why they're still mad at each other. And they, they, have, the, unresol- the they have unresolved They have unresolved issues from their tension that they had from before the first match where the match got stopped. They should want to run it back. And I can't wait for them to run it back. And I'm really glad that I'm really glad for Moxie and I'm really glad for Adam Page. Like they have, they they have something. Cause like think all the times you complain about Adam Page not having something when he doesn't have the title or when he's not involved with the with the. And um, I think Mox is going to do a lot of work to kind of repair the the damage, like the the CM Punk stuff kind of did to Hangman, kind of left him in the woods, yeah. in the wilderness or whatever. But, so I'm really happy for this. I'm happy for both of them. But I, I, I'm like, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the fact that they're both baby faces of why Maybe. this is confusing people or what. But this is very simple. The griff must end. The astroturfing needs to stop. You're tr- you be transparent, like because you're about here. You're out here about to lose subscribers. You're out here about to about to have like this was like I don't listen to the Lance shows typically anyway. Just like it, it, they just don't hit my rotation. I don't have anything against them. I do. But when I have like, the time. I just rarely have the time now at this point. I probably have time and, to watch and, the wrestling. And like, I'm like, this is cancel your subscription level bad analysis here. And then Brian's like sitting there kind of with him. And it's like, I know you're smarter than this. I've listened to you for years and years. It's like, what is the disconnect? What is happening? Was there a check written somewhere? Like, what's going on? Like, if you can go on and on about how the bloodline is this this great storyline and like this thing it, that is, is just so like that the, the the acting and everything like that. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm not even saying it's bad or anything like that. I'm like, but I can, I can understand it. I'm, I'm not saying I can't understand like what's happening. I'm like, well, how can you not get the simple, the simpleness mm-hmm. of pro wrestling here? Oh, no, and it's man. like, like something's fucked up right now. And, it, it, and, I don't, <laughs> and I don't know. And I don't know if it's just, you know, the, the way that, that, you know, we talked about the difference and, and also a uh, shout out to Joe Lanza and, and Jesse Collings uh, and uh, Rich Krejci. Like they talked about like we and, and uh, shout out to ourselves. We've talked about the difference in how AEW is covered and how anyone else is covered. Right. Throw mm-hmm. WWE, whatever. And it's like how like. This is this is absolutely baffling. It's baffling. I I don't understand this. This is so bad. But John Moxley and Hangman Page is gonna fucking rule. And I yeah. hope you get more confused every week uh, by by this thing. I want them to jump each other. I want them to to matter of fact, they don't even need to cut any more promos. I don't want them to tell you anything. When do you think they have their first match or their second match? Uh, I think they're gonna do it at Winter is Coming, and I, I think they're gonna do it too. And I was a thinking Texas like, Death Match. <laughs> I was thinking that and I was like, I don't know if they should do that because like you're already gonna have like was that um the fourth match between Death Triangle and um the Elite. Elite. And then you're gonna like if you put Hangman and 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 uh and Moxley on, it's like 
you are really, you are really, really, really doing a lot of disservice to MJF and Ricky Starks. Like, you're, look, like, are you're they doing a disservice, James? James, are they doing a disservice? Are they saving or... the album? You it got it. Look, man, you, look, Ricky you, Stark, you, Ricky you, Stark you, have good match. Ricky Stark, we've seen Ricky Stark have good matches. Look, you are remember. they four star matches? Not necessarily, but like we've seen him have good matches. You remember when Brian Danielson and John Cena got to be the IC and the U.S. champion at the same time as Seth Rollins. You remember that, right? It only lasted a day because Danielson had to give away, but we know what the plan was. You talking about Roman? Yes. Like because it was originally Roman, they called the Audible. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like we know what the plan was. They, 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 so you really think is that you really think we're at that dire of a level with uh, MJF? I, I'm not gonna go there yet. Um, there are some people that already want to get all over him for the rating and and everything <laughs> like that. I don't think I didn't can, see the rating. Like the rating was not good. I think it was a point two eight, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So it was almost I knew like it'd be like three, like point three. Yeah, it, it was. Point they four, did point three two to Thanksgiving week, and usually that's like when they do bad. Right. But what what I think happened was they got the week point two six. Okay, um, they they got the week that they were supposed to get on the Thanksgiving. That's what I think. But mm. okay, uh, I think you know historically we've we've looked at uh, December. I think the only time I can remember them like kind of out kicking the coverage was like uh, Kenny wins the title, Sting shows up, and then that month like you know stays pretty strong. So but last year, just yeah, last year December is is normally kind of a downtime. That's where we're getting all those Cody main events um, and, and you also know the, the and Tamil stuff. Remember 2019? Uh, then 2019 when he was like having he was like having the Dark Order beat the shit out of the Elite. Yep. Ha! So like. So they were they were going uh, with the uh, it, it was like it's, it's a down month like and then you look at WWE's ratings they did I think a one point two in the third hour last week it's the lowest uh, hour oh, wow. ever so like I th- almost think you gotta you gotta at least give MJF till the end of January before you start thinking about anything. Um, well, do you want to when he's out here telling you like he's like I'm going to give we'll you get a there. reign of terror. We'll, we'll get there. What the fuck are you saying, man? Yeah, we'll get there. But um, yeah, up next, we got uh, Brian Danielson uh, taking on Dax Harwood. And uh, this is a nice match. Uh, the, these guys came out there and um, they hit each other pretty hard. This is a uh, this is a tough white man match, uh, yeah. I'd say. And um, they did a lot of, uh, you know, uh, striking in the corners, traded submissions. Um and you know it was cool. It I didn't like blow your, my mind or anything, yeah, but it was. It was like, <laughs> I, I will say that like I did enjoy the storytelling in the match. But like they, you know, they've never really had a match before. But like for for them to like just a classic storytelling thing of like you go for your 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 go to move. Someone does a nifty counter out of it, um, and then like you counter the counter that they have in mind, and then like eventually you get back to your nifty move later in the match or whatever else. Um, and then also like you might have one other, another nifty move that you have signature move. And then like, you might hit it one time and then you go for a second time and like, it doesn't work the second time. Like, I I just thought it was really nifty. Like to do the, um, like Dax is going for like the slingshot, uh, lager bomb and Danielson counters with a hurricane Rana, but like Dax rolls through into a matchbox cover. I, I, like there was a ton of stuff in his match that I thought was like really good. The, uh, the, the, Super um, back suplex that got turned into a uh, crossbody, and then the crossbody got pin got reversed. Like it was a really, really good match. Um, I'd watch it again. 
but I wouldn't give it four. It's weird. Like, it, I like, think that, I gave it three and three quarters. Yeah, same thing here. But like, it's a match. Be like, would you watch it again? Oh yes, I would absolutely. Like, I want most of my wrestling to look like this, <laughs> but I wouldn't give it four. It is, but it was a, it was a really fun match. Um, my my one thing is uh, on this like. It was almost a match for the sake of having a match, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think yeah. you have other masters you need to serve right now, like Ricky Starks, especially. If Dax's whole thing is that he wants to, you know, go out there and lose, uh, I would have like had him lose to Ricky Starks this week. You uh, but that, you don't think that, I th- that, uh, that Ricky Starks squashing Ari Davari was enough? No, I do not. Um, Me neither. <laughs> so like, I, I think like you know. If Dax could like put his his uh, honorable mention pursuit and uh, and most outstanding for wrestling reserve to the side for a minute, um, uh, or whoever is like pulling the strings to book these uh, matches, Tony, um, if you can put that to the side for a minute, like you could have had him go out there with Ricky Starks and then do do you know. Right. It's a baby face. You slide it in there. You do the same thing with, with him faking the handshake at the end. It's the same fucking result. But what if? Similar to the MJF promo, or like the breadcrumbs being dropped, like and then the real thing, like ultimately, like this this Starks thing is not really about Starks, and it's ultimately to get to Danielson, and, and like if that's the case, and like they actually did do the right thing, but like you could you could just go get like Trent Beretta and go out there with with Starks and or, or somebody you know someone that's really good and go do that. Uh, so yeah, there you know, and then I feel like they're still. You know they're, they're teasing like a a Ethan Page another Ethan Page uh, match. So yeah, like uh, yeah, I, there's different ways to do all this. But like I I think like if you actually wanted him to get the you know the challenger hot, like then like the Danielson thing actually kind of happened uh, with Dax. So yeah, uh, but uh, what was next? Uh, so we had Ricky Starks backstage with Tony Schiavone, and Starks said he's entering himself in the. Um uh diamond battle royal he wants to take mjf's diamond ring and then the world title because he's absolute um so i i this whole thing kind of threw everyone off because it said the winner of the battle royal is getting a world title shot whenever they want so people were like well if he starts in it is he going to get if he wins is he going to have two shots at the belt uh there's like a bunch of confusion around this i think what's going to happen is like someone's going to throw ricky out then they will end up fighting ricky at, on the fallout of this, beat Ricky, uh, and then they will then lose to MJF, whoever it is. Hmm. I haven't even really but, thought about it. I just thought it was like, okay. Because, like, they're running all these Hobbs vignettes, and, you know, Starks that and Hobbs still, you know, have all this 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 smoke. Um, and, you know, I don't know if, like, they're doing these um, these videos showing how tough Hobbs' life is in a, in a spring to kind of turn him babyface. I don't know. But uh, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish. I, I just think they're there. Yeah. Yeah. They're, people are liking them, though. Like, so. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think they're bad. I just don't know to what service do they or what uh, purpose do they necessarily serve. Like, I already know he's big and tough. Like. I see him in the ring, like that, that showing you like, he's from the muck. Yeah, like I feel like, and I, he's done. This isn't the first time he's done those. It's like because he's done them on like the uh, like the twenty four type things, so that do like the like the buying stuff for for the pay per views. But uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, it almost feels like they're just they put him out there just because they're trying to keep him afloat uh, to keep your keep you keep your uh, your thoughts on them that he's still on television as opposed to he's off. 
And in this case, I'm fine, but like it feels like it's just treading water. I don't know where it's going to head. <laughs> Jen Brown Wild says, I don't know if D- being Debo of his hood makes him baby face. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it, it was funny because uh, I, I did hear some people uh, say, like, Hobbs coming, like Omar coming, <laughs> essentially, uh, on some of these. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> So after that, uh, Hangman Page is in the same area where Eddie Kingston once ran. And uh, all of a sudden, Mox runs in and the brawl continues with these gentlemen as, you know, the just more like Wait, dislike. Was it in Indianapolis when, when Kingston was out there running towards, uh, was that Jericho? Or no, Steel Punk? I, I don't know. It, it was just, it was oh, just okay. in the outside. I, I had to say, how the hell do you remember that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all the things I, to remember. Okay. Someone okay. looked it up. Someone look at look up where that where that happened. If if it was in Indianapolis, I would die laughing. But um, after that, um, <laughs> we have Renee uh, sitting backstage or sitting down with Daniel Garcia, Hager, Menard, Parker, and to her left uh, were Claudio Casanoli and Will Yuta. This whole thing was fucking hilarious, and you could tell that it was fucking making each other laugh and and, and breaking because all the fucking camera cuts and this shit and like is sloppy editing that that was on there. It was it was almost funnier that way. Um, they like Menard started selling out, and Renee told him to, to to stop, and you know they're Canadian and shit like that, so they probably got that whole vibe going. Um, uh, I, I don't know if they're West Coast Canadians or East Coast Canadians. That we'll have to figure it out. I'm gonna have to start identifying these Canadians just how they act. I mean, they're French so, Canadians, so okay, so they're East Coast Canadians in that case. Yeah, they're yeah, they're. So, I think they're. I'm pretty sure they're from that uh, from Ottawa. Or the yeah, I, I I'm not sure. No, but, I'm sorry, um, Montreal. I don't, I don't know why the fuck I said Ottawa. Never mind. Um, after that, they uh, Hager like basically tossed uh, Claudio the, the purple hat. So you know you could join up when, when uh, you join the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, and and a, a sick part of me wants both these boys in these purple hats. Am I the only one that popped when that man reached into his, in, into the uh, fanny pack and pulled out another hat? Yes. <laughs> Fucking laughs like the I had a good chuckle off that. It's like got look, got, got a nominated, got a nominated for gimmick of the year. Look, man, it's so stupid and it's so funny. <laughs> no, I got the purple microphone cover right here like, on you boys. Between between, I mean, there's a lot of stupid gimmicks out there, but like AEW has a couple of that just like. So you can yodel, you know. Yeah, that was funny. But like uh between like the, the the hat and like the scissor me daddy stuff that's going on, this is like this is inanimate so, objects. This is so dumb and in any other like thing I was I would just think it's the stupidest thing, but like it's just funny. It's just funny and it, it makes no, I, me chuckle every time. I mean I I'd like to think I got these these two cigars over, you know, here on the stream, you know, when, it, yeah. when people see these yeah. things, you yeah. know. So, so life life is about inanimate objects. You can always get get those over. Um, comedy. What? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, they set up a Garcia and Will Uta match. They all start yelling at each other. It's pretty funny. Um, they, uh, yeah, uh, pure title match uh, for final battle. And then, you know, uh, they I set up a tag a match people, for next week as well. I saw a lot of people like just like uh, saying they're disappointed with the final battle like card. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw something that was like, I saw some from uh, Jonathan Snowden. I think I saw him send a tweet and also to the extent of missing. It's like a, some killer FTR match. 
uh, compared to like last last Ang- time. Angle alert. Uh, we'll get there in a second. But uh, Snowden was had tweeted something to the effect of, "I wouldn't watch this card for free" or something like that. I'm like, well, hmm. So I I'm gonna go through the announced matches here, and and you guys tell me um, if you know he's being, you know, whatever here. So. Um, don't want to misrepresent uh, his his words here, but um, I'm pulling it up. He said, okay, I feel like this ROH reboot is an elaborate troll. How are we still doing this after months and months? Like, I'm not sure I'd watch this if it was free. If you're paying $39.99 for this show and something is wrong, something is wrong and you may not be okay. All right, let's take a look at the announced matches here, knowing there's a there's a FTR match coming here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in the main event, presumably, we've got Chris Jericho, who's possibly having one of the greatest years of his career, taking on Claudio Castagnoli uh, in a rematch of their match from uh, the New York show. Yeah. Always world title. If Claudio loses, uh, he joins Jazz. We got the World Television Championship, Samoa Joe versus Juice Robinson from, you know, new kind of guy from he was in New Japan for wrestling. He's, you know, had an appearance, uh, I think, face Moxley. Yeah. Uh, ROH Women's World Championship. We got Mercedes Martinez versus Athena. And Athena's kind of caught fire with this gimmick. I think she's a shoe in to win this belt. Uh, we got the ROH Pure Championship rematch between Daniel Garcia and Willer Yuta, generational rivals. Had a yeah. four and a quarter star match last time uh, out there. We got yeah. Swerving Our Glory taking on Shane Taylor and JD Griffey. Shane Taylor debuted um, in AW on Rampage and basically uh, debuted in front of Keith Lee. Basically, him, applied- yeah, the Shane Taylor promotion, like ROH stuff history. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Drop, dropped it off on Keith Lee. And, you know, Keith Lee and Shane Taylor were. Uh, tag team partners right. back in the day. They did like a little explanation there. And presumably an FTR match is going to be added on this. Now, I don't know, man. Like, you wouldn't watch that for free? Like, <laughs> like I, I'm, free? I'm sorry, but I'll watch, I'll watch Dan Garcia and Willard Yuta for free. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, I've done it I, before. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, Jericho I, versus like, Zorro is going to be another good match. They just had a four and a quarter star four way match. So um, yeah, I I think the they had a, they were in a they were in a ten person war games or hell in a cell what not hell in a cell but a blood and guts match that like people think is one of the best matches of the year like they've they've had encounters that have been successful this year between Jericho and and uh, Calladio so I don't know I, I don't know what to tell y'all. Or I don't know like, if, if you just don't want to watch Ring of Honor. I mean, I get it, but that's like these are all nearly like eighty percent of people are. AEW wrestlers here, and the ROH shows have not been bad. Like both shows have actually been good, right? So, are they being hyperbolic? That's for you guys to decide. Yeah. Um. So after that, we had Samoa Joe taking on Air Fox, the newly signed Air Fox. Uh, he's defending the TNT Championship. Just went about over six minutes. Uh, I thought Fox looked good here, uh, and Joe like uh, w- was fine. Uh, there was a cool spot where uh, Joe did his uh, you know look, dive out the way thing, but Ar Fox did a flip dive to the outside of the ring, kind of rolled through it, and it was it was like just kind of a cool little thing for him. But um, yeah. what do you make of uh, Fox being signed? 
I forgot what his baggage is, why he wasn't signed earlier. Okay. Totally forgot. Um, the rumors are that he was in some type of pornography. Um, he did porn, and that's the issue? Yes. I don't care. So, um, I believe it... I. I I believe that's the issue. I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, have I, I have seen, to check. Have you seen season two of uh, what show is it? Euphoria. Yes. This porn. There was a pretty notable porn star. This I think makes me maybe still active. Like that was on. Like it was a recurring okay. character in what's it called? Okay, uh, so it is Euphoria. Uh, so Christopher Fisher said he was being like basically he had been locked out of uh, like major kind of pro wrestling because he was. Uh, he had acted in a gay porn. So, um, again, yeah. I don't care like, if it was I, gay I, I don't, or straight yeah. or whatever. It's just like, porn. Whatever. Like, I think, I think that kind of lines up with the WWE policy, like of what they had. And if you ha- basically going through their background checks, yeah, yeah. like yeah. they, there were women that they disqualified from this. Yeah. They did whatever, but like, yeah, exactly. So, like, this is another reason why AW needs to exist. So, talented people like Air Fox can fucking get, get paid out of all this shit. Like, think about what this man has given to pro wrestling, the people that he's trained. He's ran a, ran a school that, uh, from all accounts, uh, is like one of the like better uh, producers of talent uh, that is out there. Um, and you just see these guys have to work on the, the independence for these years that would have just never got, you know, uh, a, a way to kind of like legitimize like the, all the hours they put in on this shit. So I, I'm happy for the guy. So glad he's here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Like, okay. So as far as uh, AR Fox is a talent, I always heard it was baggage. I didn't know what baggage was. Now that I know that this is the baggage, I don't give a fuck about this baggage. This isn't baggage to me. Like, whoever deems this baggage, like, I have kind of have some concerns about, like, you as a person and your morals or whatever else. Some, like, some reason, I person, always thought there was, like, a... Look, I thought there was always, like, a legal thing, but apparently not. So, like, I th- When I always heard about him being... he not, he There was some no-go. I, I, I don't know why, but, like, I thought that maybe it was, like, some, like, speaking out type situation. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe they can't touch him. Whatever. They find this out. It's like, really? Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, like, talented dude. Always been talented. And, like, I think Joe get, uh, for a match that was, um, the story was that it was one-sided. Like, I think that Joe gave him a lot. And, like, the crowd reacted to the things he was able to do. Um, and they did highlight, you know, some of the things he did in that trios match with, he was teaming with top flight against um, Death Triangles. So, yeah, like, he lost for now or whatever else. But, like, he seems to be, like, a guy that's they bring in and they're trying to impress in a way. Kind of maybe similar to, to Kesta. Maybe not, obviously not that level of match. But, like, someone they're bringing in has a name. They're trying to get him over, like, trying to serve, like, a grassroots type of thing or whatever else. Get people to, to get into him and we'll see where it goes from there. I'm, I'm loving the, the the signings of Bandito, Takesha, Air Fox, Willow. Um, so like, oh, we'll I, get I to feel in a second. Yep. O V E R. So um, after that, we got the aforementioned um, Powerhouse Hobbs uh, video of him walking around Oakland. Uh, I was looking for my boy Righteous Reg somewhere in there. He was not there. So um, 
So, you know, people talk about the Black Forces thing. Like, what do people have to say about people that weren't it? What, are, what do people have to say about people that weren't Black Tims? Because that... That's another level right there. Look, Tims, Tims alone is already... Even if in the Wee Tims, like, you can stop the fuck out. You can stop somebody the fuck out, right? In some boots. Uh, some Black ones? Cruel intentions. Mean intentions. <laughs> Black Tims, huh? But let me see. Let, black let me see Tims. It, black. Look, I'd rather fight someone in some black uh, Tims than some, than some black forces because at least like the black force a lot of that is like, oh, they're, they're robbing you. Those, you know, whatever else. Like, nah, oh, man. Like black up. Tims is like they're planning to stomp you out. Okay, so you can you can get you some some black Timberland boots for two hundred ten dollars. You can order those. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> one day I might just show up with black tunes on as a gag. Like, <laughs> so, like, I remember that, uh, they did like a ladder match or something with like me, Yim, and Candice LeRae in NXT. And like, she came out in some wheat Tims. Like, imagine she came out in the black Tims. <laughs> that would be even more like, oh, you serious? You serious? Yeah. So Joe called himself the uh, king of television, uh, and then Warlow kind of interrupted uh, on the big screen, said he's coming for what's his, and this is Warlow's world. So um, I don't know if they're going to add that to final battle, but um, maybe it's for the TNT belt. I don't, I don't know. Um, after that, we got a uh, hook uh, with the team Taz with the orange filter um, with, with the with the moves by Taz. Love the orange filter and showed uh, his FTW title match against Lee Moriarty, which was a solid match that was on Rampage. And basically, they showed how he got into his finisher and all that. Always loved the technique by Taz. After that, we got MJF speaking for the first time, man. And as I was saying. This promo was all over. It was everything, the good, the bad of MJF. And then, like, the idea is, like, I hate the belt switching. Like, and, uh, yes, get worked, blah, 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 get worked, Rich, da, 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 da. I, I, I hate it. Like, do, I hate switching go the world title. It? Do you want to go through it or do you want to talk about, like, the main I, things? I, I mean, I'll, I'll go through it here. So, okay. like, Regal came out, um, mentioned John Moxley's gone, uh, and then uh, Regal uh, came out with some new music, turned out to be his farewell music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, MJF threw his gum at a little girl. Um, I miss that. And, and MJF, basically, he talks about how him and Regal's uh, unholy alliance came to fruition. More email lore here. Uh, Regal emailed uh, MJF after the firm attacked him, said MJF became weak, uh, and he's willing to help him learn how to be a true villain. Uh, he shouldn't have to grab the dynamite uh, dynamite diamond ring, but the brass one. Um, and Regal wanted to use the brass knucks and leave Moxley with an emotional scar when he was outsmarted by MJF. So maybe that's the answer, James, when we always are wondering, like, why does it have to be that chair you hit him with? It's the emotional scar. That's what it's supposed to be. Well, but, well yeah, it's always that, but it's like, but, like, there don't, are... Don't it hurt? But, but, but Sasha and Bailey, like, there's 40 chairs. Don't just use that one chair. Who gives a shit? Aren't y'all tired and desperate and, and want to get this shit over with? Like... no. Yeah, so we can continue from there. Like that's my point about like the, it, the means don't justify those ends. Like you're just trying to get it over with. So um, he said he respected the firm who smelled blood in the water, but he's not going to chase them down. His effort is for pores. Um, MJF basically, 
MJF said uh, the AW ta- title is tacky. He said he needs an upgrade and no champions on a former level. I thought he's going to pull out a completely new version of the belt, which I would have been totally fine with. But uh, he threw the old belt out the ring, and um, he basically pulled out something called the Triple B, the Big Burberry Belt. I feel like uh, LeVar Ball should be uh, calling and, uh, and putting in a cease and desist right I, I, now. I had, I had, I had BBB uh, like thoughts of LeVar Ball, too. I really did. Yeah. LeVar Ball could not be happy uh, seeing his intellectual property being encroached upon here. Um, Has enough enough time passed where you can put uh, LaMelo back on pro wrestling television? Why not? He was in high school then. I know. That's my point. Like, obviously, like... LaMelo Ball, one of the great lines in pro wrestling history. Right, right, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Every like every month or so, I'll, be, I'll see some some wrestling match or whatever else, or I'll see someone get ran up on. I'll, in my mind, I'm thinking back, man, beat that ass. Um, but yeah, man, like next time they go to Charlotte, why not? Like he liked wrestling, he's been there. They, obviously, he will never be able to be on WWE again. Like yeah, bring, hey, bring you know, bring the I'll make bring a, the mayor to city out. A, I'll make a suggestion. <laughs> so um, after that. Um, he pulls out this belt and the leather is like the burb it's brown burberry. But I immediately could, dubbed it the shit belt. That but, shit looks like shit. Rich, you could barely tell that there was something that there was any. It was like painted, but I was like, it's not that different. But the thing is, I, I see it. Right, right. And, and, but, and the thing, but, it's like I but see it. You, it's like, but you can only see it up close that there's actually a burberry print on it. Outside yeah. of that, it just looks like the regular belt. And like for me, it's like if you're going to do it. You need to actually get like, you know how you know how Gucci belts have like that that particular tan. It color? needs to be like, like that wheat. It needs to be a tan wheat color and to make it actually pop in that way. But it didn't, so this was like, it, it's it like just a brown looks strap. it looks weird. It just looks weird, and then like you and you can only and only on the up close shots can you actually see the Burberry print on it. It's like okay, so this is like this was a miss. This was a miss. Yeah, I I hate the. I hate the the belt itself. Like it, it reminded me of the putting the the fucking uh, the, when Daniel Bryan changed the belt to mm-hmm. the to the fucking wood belt and shit. Like, <laughs> the wood grain? like yeah, like no, bro. Like this is supposed to be like the fucking pinnacle of the business, and like you're making it like this thing. Yeah, like and he's doing it for heating. We know that. I just think that like if you're going to do it for heat, then like actually go the full go like go all the way and actually like put the, the make the leather. The color of MJF's scarf. Don't don't do it to where it's like you got to get up. Either you got to get your camera, your HD fucking camera, up real close on to actually tell the difference, or it just looks like kind of like brownish instead of the regular belt. Like it, it was it was a miss for me in that particular thing. Like if you're gonna get heat with it, actually go all the way and do it. Yeah, he basically says uh, he ran down Eddie Kingston. Uh, he basically said, you know. Uh, he's a fake tough guy. He said Ricky Starks is a fake star. I immediately popped, came out my my chair laughing on that. Uh, and he called M- uh, Brian Danielson a fake wrestler. Um, he said Regal tried with Danielson, but some people just can't be helped. Uh, he said he's going to be champion until the bidding war twenty twenty four, and this title will be a bargaining chip. And I rolled my eyes like all the way, like. And then he started mentioning Nick Khan and his boy Trips, and then being bitters, but also mentions Hollywood calling, and I was just like. What the fuck are we doing here? Like, I, like someone got a real hit. He's man. getting, he's getting heat because, pe- like, yeah. And then he's like, I know there's people that are. Uh, 
he he basically then like keeps going and then yeah. like like uh he he basically sends a message directly to us pro wrestling podcasters that have already kind of like learned his you know his, his techniques so to say he said the fans who cheered him winning the title are fickle and will complain just like everyone else he talked about his uh reign go- is going to go longer than hogan and jbl and jeff jarrett and said his reign is going to make bruno san martino roll in his grave uh he turned and he thanked regal for for what he did to him oh and he he basically said you know uh he said some other shit like as far as like you know i people have to go through guys to fight me like some of the stuff james yeah. brought up he's like I, he's like, look, I'm going to wrestle less and less and less. You won't see me if you're gonna if you want to uh, see me wrestle. You will have to uh, pay for buy, it, pay for it on pay per view, um, and you will complain. But then, like, you will then show up and watch it. And I was like, okay, we'll see. <laughs> okay, okay, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how this goes. Um, yeah. And then, like, obviously, you know, one rating does not mean anything. But like, you told me the rating after this or for this show was bad, and I was like, "It's interesting." I don't think it means anything necessarily, but like, we started seeing the trend. I think it was like, okay. Um, but yeah, man, like, it doesn't interest me. It doesn't actually like make me mad. It doesn't make me want to see him. It just makes me like, oh, you're doing, oh, you're you're just being annoying. You're not actually evil. You're just annoying. Like you're not actually despicable. You're you're just like doing things. Cause I, uh, I, I kind of don't like these kind of hills. Um, but whatever. Like he's talented, so he'll he'll make the most out of even this thing that I think is a bad idea. But we'll see. Yeah, it's um, I think that like he's done so many good things this year. Like as far as like you know, actual stuff like being a heel and being like, just it's like funny because. <laughs> he did this shit and it's like i know what you know how to be a good heel because i've seen it right and then it, when i see this this feels like this feels like the the low-hanging fruit of uh of healdom where it's like the the constant uh you know jerking off of, of triple h and wwe and it's like bro I feel like that works like as like a, a face thing at AEW. You should on WWE. Like that's just like that's a thing that's established. And I guess he feels like, you know, if that's something they can cheer, that's something they can boo, right? But at the same time, you kind of ca- like you don't want to cast AEW as the second class company. Like you don't want to do that. And that's been my central issue with MJF since he's went off in the ring in LA. Like where I was like, this shit is weird and people are cheering this and like you're going to fuck around and like and poison the, the environment. And you didn't have to worry about that for a long time. Yeah. And my and my thing is like, if he believes that for real, that's fine. Like if he if he wants to like literally make this into like, I'm going to try to get myself as high as possible that I can actually do the bidding war. Great. That's better for wrestling that you start that he does that. Right. But I don't know how that is supposed to be appealing to fans that, like, you are constantly telling them that, like, nothing that you're, that, that we're seeing, like, matters that much. Cause it really matters is once I hit free agency, cause then I'll go be an asshole on screen over there instead. It's like, well, then why am I watching this now then? What's, what, why, does, why, what does any of this matter for then? 
Crystal Fisher brings up a great point. It's only appealing for people who hate AEW with, with the MJFs and stuff. And MJF has kind of become someone that these people have rallied behind. You can you can normally say there are no stars except MJF. I'm like, bro, do not try to force me into turning against MJF. Like, because I like MJF. And like I do not like the people that are trying to boost this shit like as like this is the only way real way to be a star and all this other shit. Like, no, don't do this. Um but they uh from there he's uh he basically turns and yeah it's like it's like all the cornet people like you know mjf it's like you know and mjf's like kind of winking into it too he did the thank you fuck you buy stuff at the end of the press conference and, and all that shit and it's <sighs> playing playing with fire right I here really thought of that before but yeah, he didn't do that <laughs> um and mjf uh he thanked Regal for for what he did to him, uh, did for him, but he then attacked Regal up, hit him upside the head with the brass knuckles, and it stunned the crowd in the commentary. And it, he actually kind of got it back for me on this because like some of this promo, I was like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is this is bullshit. And then I was like, I pop big because you know I don't like Regal. Um, he, he knocks him out. Um, Regal told he told Regal he had a lot to learn. Basically, like inverts the email message that he originally sent him like in that first promo and kind of kind of tied it up all pretty nice there he said it was regal that made a deal with the devil quoted his message to him years ago he said when regal's ready send him his stuff then he left through the crowd and danielson sprinted out there with the doctors with one boot missing and they loaded regal on a stretcher to dead silence um i feel like danielson looks like okay so last week when John Moxley was, and, and maybe this is all in service of William Regal leaving the promotion, and I can forgive this stuff, right? But like they knew they were writing him off. Moxley wants to whoop his ass, wants to kill him, right? And Danielson runs out there, drops to his knees on some "Don't hit my daddy" type shit, yeah. And and it's just like he's. It's like why? It's like nah, bro. Like fuck that. Like he he fucked Moxley, this world champion guy who did nothing. We don't you don't get why he's we don't understand the pull or relationship. No, I'm saying like the the like he he's like and he slaps Moxley and it's like bro, you stand up for this this piece of shit essentially, right? And then you're you're still you're his protector after um he gets what's coming to him, Regal, and he's coming to him. It's just like. Like this isn't the dance I want to root for. Like he just looks so weak and like and cowardly, and, and it's, it's just a stark contrast. He looks like a coward. It's, I, what's the cowardice? I don't. I don't get it. It's like it's like, bro. You, like you know what he did was fucked up. So like you're pitting yourself against Moxley. So it's like I I just don't see the appeal. Like like why would I want to be behind Brian Nelson at all right now? Uh, um. Okay, so obviously Regal, what Regal did was it, awful. Some don't hit my daddy shit, and it's like that's right, not right. But, like okay, healing. so but the thing is, right? Like you want Moxley to beat up Regal, you don't want MJF to beat up Regal because that's not because that has nothing to do with what Regal did. I mean, in a in a weird way, you'd be like, well, that's how karma comes around, but it's like. That's not um, that's not the earned violence that you want to see, or the or the or the uh, the, the the sense of just justice happening in terms of like uh, 
a right being wronged or sorry, a wrong being righted by like violence. Right. So like if MJF does it, it's like, well, that's kind of sucks. He just beat up an oily man from behind. Um, and like, who we, just saw the, it. we just saw the week before, like, huh? Transitive, who transitively deserved it. Yeah, but, like, okay, so, uh, how do I say this? Alright, if I kick your, if I kick your dog, <laughs> like, if, if I kick your dog, like, you're not going, like, are you going to be, you might find some joy out of something bad happening to me, but, like, you really want to put hands on me. Like, and I'm, I'm thinking of the respect of actually being a viewer is like, yeah, Regal did something awful, but like, I want Moxie to handle that. I don't give a fuck about the the villain hurting another villain. Like, when people talk about like Hill versus Hill match is not working, that's the reason why. It's like, yeah, that guy's a bastard. That guy's a bastard. They beat each other. Like, I don't really get any satisfaction. Like, they're both bastards. Um, but yeah, like as far as the Danielson thing is like, Danielson explained it. He's like, this dude, while he did something fucked up and awful, like. I have a spot. In, I have a soft spot in my heart for this person because he helped my relationship with uh, with my dad. Um, now I can only see through. Now I only got uh, um, an appreciation from the from the perspective of the hardships that Riggle has gone through, and it helped me greatly. Like so, yeah. Like I get the motivation for Danielson to still care about the dude. I, uh, as far as does this make him uh, a coward? I don't get the coward part, but uh, maybe because he he begged off of or not begged off, but like begged uh, Moxie not to hurt him. I don't know, but like it worked for me. Um, do I think this is like the this makes Danielson the hottest baby face under the sun? No, and I, I don't think that was the point. He it was feels like, like a plate of piss to me. A plate of piss. What was the last per time you described someone as a plate of piss? Uh, I would have to think about that. Okay, because I don't think he's plate of piss. I think like. It's a guy that is upset that somebody that he cares about got beat up and he has mixed emotions, but he still is like, I'm still going to get my revenge from this person on my behalf. And that, that's perfectly fine. Like, it's not as clean cut as like most world wrestling stories are, but like, it's it's a little bit more muddy and I'm fine with that. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 but I will say this, like, I feel like. All this is a nice, clean break to get Moxie away from, from or from them to get out of what happened with like the title change. And they move on from Regal, and they have um, Paige like immediately there pulling all the attention away from Moxley' eyes towards Regal or MJF. So I think that's a nice, that's, that's neatly done right there. Um, I I think it works. I just don't know. Um, it just doesn't make me want to want to root for Danielson. Like, it's like, all right, but he's not gonna like, be the champion anyway, right? I like obviously, like, but it's like, you know, I feel like he should be smarter. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but he, like, who who outsmarted him? And I I think he just who got who I don't think who, who I don't do, think anybody who, I don't think anybody necessarily Danielson in this situation. I don't think anybody necessarily like outsmarted him. I just think that he made what would be an unpopular choice um, to a lot of the audience. Like, yeah, you know, step slapping Mosley, stepping in front of him, and it, and then to immediately like go keep going into this protector or whatever after you know he gets laid out by MJF, and then the throw in the dynamic of people wanting to cheer MJF. And then it, it it all gets it keeps getting fucked up. Well, that's the MJF's problem, right? Uh, but what I will say is this: 
I don't necessarily hate that because as we've been talking about with the with the <laughs> with Regal and like the in Blackpool Combat Club, like given that you have the uh, the last battle or final battle thing with, with the stipulation for the main event, um, they could be this could be like all right, Cesaro's out, and like whatever the the, the the Danielson and Moxie conversation eventually can have a conversation backstage where like Moxie's like, Hey man, you're fighting, you're fighting on behalf of Regal. Fuck him. He fucked me. And that could be the, this, and that's how you dissolve it right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, I gave you, I gave him a pass like you asked me to. And now you're still, you know, you're carrying on doing all this stuff. What about you? What's going on with him and, and, and what's happening to J, JSA and all that kind of stuff. And they can just break, they can dissolve themselves right there from that. Like that's still, that, I feel like that's still a motivation they can play with to get out of all uh, breaking up the, 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 um, BCC. So like, I, I, I would wait on before I, before having judgment on saying like, this is, tr- or this is bad or whatever else. And I think that's still there. And there, and that, I feel like that's the, the lever to pull to get out of it. Um, they put Regal on a stretcher, and uh, he was out that bitch. But um, yes, yeah. So like, like overall, a a, a very mixed bag for MJF here. Uh, I don't think this was like like if I told you everything that w- that was gonna happen here, and then before ahead of time, I don't think that you'd have been like, that's how I want the the MJF uh, experience to begin as the champion. I don't think I think that, the Regal that you thing want that much. I think the regal thing is strong. I think I think, I think, I think that think, that was that was awesome. Yeah, I, I think I, the other stuff kind of is like that. I, I'm not I'm not looking forward to this any way, shape, or form. And I don't mean from a perspective. I, I I'm going to tune in to hate watch you and all that kind of stuff. Is or because you're a villain. It's like, nah, man, that doesn't seem enjoyable to to anyone. I find to be reasonable. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Um. So after that, uh, Stokely and Ethan Page came out. Um, Matt Hardy, who started doing uh, delete stuff, uh, Matt he told Matt Hardy to get his ass to the back uh, because he owns his contract. Uh, Ethan Page told uh, told Matt Hardy he's going to help him win the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. He's calling the shot, and he's going to beat whoever wins between Starks and MJF. Then Ricky Starks defeated Arya Davari. Uh, Starks was attacked from behind, but then had a spear and a Rochambeau for a squash win here. Um, if I was trying to heat up a challenger, look, look, uh, 10 minutes directly after MJF says Ricky Starks is a fake star, it, it sure illuminated right here, didn't it? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like, I, this feels a lot like this um, push is imaginary. This feels like the this feels almost like the. Do you remember the Saturday Night Dynamite that had like imaginary player? <laughs> the Saturday Night Dynamite from like twenty twenty one. It was um, it was Jungle Boy's title shot against against uh, Omega. I feel like Jungle Boy is way stronger going into that than Ricky is going into this. Maybe he is, but it's the same outcome where it's like this person is getting a title shot, and no one with any like right mind would think that it has has chance to win. But it's a chance to have a showcase. Um, and we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see what they stand for, or we'll see what they can, what they got. Um, I think that's ultimately what this comes down to. Because like, no. uh, can't you can't? There's no way you can actually buy that he can be the champion. It, like on by December. Was it 14th or 12th? Something like that? 14th. Yeah. Or 
Yeah, 15th, something. I don't know. Um, but I feel like Ricky Starks is in that. This is that imaginary player push. It's like, what's the difference between my push and a 4.6? About 30, 40 grand, cocksucker. <laughs> Um, I did. I thought you were going to edit the line, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Listen to the song. Quoting the song directly, not my words. Um, after that, um, Tony Giovanni's uh, back there with uh, Jamie Hader, Britt Baker, and Rebel. Uh, Hader says, "Sir and Saray is having a sit down with Renee next week. Uh, Hader's going to have a sit down with Giovanni." After they do that, a whole we- lot of fucking talking, don't they? Yeah, like I don't mean it. Like I, it, like Britt and Soraya have done like how many segments where like they talk about talking as opposed to actually talking. Like yeah, next week I'll be setting up to sit down. So be there, you know, live. Like they stretching this thing out. As Roy Hibbert once said. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, wow! I... After that, we got uh, Willow Nightingale taking on in a JAS. Uh, crowd was behind Willow on this. Uh, Willow got the win with the Doctor Bomb. This match was better than I thought it was going to be. In like, I wonder what Josh Smith thought of it. Uh, but yeah, um, Willow is was over in, in front of uh the Indianapolis faithful man. Um, everywhere she shows up, she seemingly gets over with the crowd. Um, and I remember we probably had to find like the stream of it. I don't know if we got clipped or whatever else, but like, I was like, need to sign her. And you're like, well, it's an ROH thing. And I was like, fuck that. Put her on the main show. <laughs> um, and like, I, I feel like there is some, I feel like she needs to be um, set up for a title program in the first half of, of next year um, and see where it, where it can go from there. But like, you know, we were just talking about Jamie and her reactions um, over the past few months leading up to her, her getting the belt. And like, it feels not necessarily similar, but uh, that's not the right word. But like, we're looking for, if you're looking for people in the division that are like getting natural responses or uh, whatever else, like Willow's definitely getting it. Um, so I, I love to see like uh, what you know if they actually like put something behind her on a push up to up the car, like what that can what they could do with her. I'm interested to see what they could do with her. Yeah. Um, as uh, Tay Conti was helping. Hannah J to her feet. All of a sudden, Ruby Soho's music hits. They were in Indianapolis, so that's her hometown. Uh, and she was ended up. She was standing behind Tekanti and who and they J- James. They literally did the same angle again. Somebody that was taken out by somebody. Uh, Tay Mello broke Ruby Soho's nose a couple months ago, and Ruby Soho shows up to whoop her ass. Mm-hmm. They did it twice on this show for, mm-hmm. for for these people that don't understand anything apparently. Um, and uh, Ruby beats her down, hits her finish on the ramp, and Taz sang the song. Yes, so good to see Ruby back. 
Um, we got a video um, ret- highlighting the return of the House of Black uh, last week. Uh, and, you know, they showed uh, QT uh, backstage with Orange Cassidy wants a shot at the All-Atlantic title and our Lumberjack match. Uh, Orange Cassidy accepted. They had a fun match. Um, and after that, we got the Jay Cargill celebration with um, Layla Gray and Red Velvet. Uh, they had balloons and cake. She said she's the brightest star and has put asses in seats. She said she talked about the regular consumer rather than the casual casual fan. I thought that was a nice touch. Um, then all of a sudden, um, she says she creates careers. And then all of a sudden, Lil Bow Wow is on the screen uh, or she calls Lil Bow Wow a joke. And then they showed some footage of her confronting uh, him at the tour. Um, crowd didn't really know how to react to this. Was this I, the first time they mentioned Bow Wow on AW television? Yes. Okay. Yes. Everything up to this point has been Twitter stuff. Okay. Um, Bow Wow showed up, and it seems like he he recorded that thing. You know, he went live on an iPhone 4S or something, uh, and I don't know what happened here. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Razor w- had bad connection that day. Uh, I don't know if the T-Mobile sidekick. Uh, you know, had a little, you know, had, had, had some mistakes or anything like that. Yeah. I didn't know if, I didn't know if the Blackberry, um, you know, didn't, didn't quite get the proper reception, um, that day. Well, um, while you go into Nokia brick phones that you saying, since you're just naming like notable phones that had, that had no chance in fuck of having like video, like that's what you, you know, just did. That's, that's you know, what you just did. You know, I don't know if he had to pause the snake before, you know, he turned the Nokia into the streaming. Uh, I don't know what happened um, there, but uh, he not he was not coming through clear like your boys. Um, So uh, production (laughs) issues. I don't know what this what this was. I I don't know what the point of the segment was. But Jay came out here looking as only Jay can looking great. Yes. Yes. Um, um, but I, I, I don't know the, what the, this this thing fell flat. Is there any chance that because obviously they're not going to do Bow versus Jay in a match in the inner general match? You're not going to do that. Is there any chance that this like that Bow Bow brings back uh uh what's her called um uh Kiara Hogan uh and he champions Kiara Hogan and Kiara has a match with with Jade. I don't think that's the case because they announced a trio six woman next week. Okay. And it's um, Jade and the baddies against, uh, I think it's Madison rain, sky blue and Kira Hogan. So they booked yeah. what? Yes. They booked the trios match of Jade red velvet and Layla gray against Madison rain, sky blue and Kira Hogan. Um, the more interesting thing I, I about feel like Jay they Cargo booked the ha- trios match with like one and a half to two quality wrestlers. I think the most interesting thing that happened with Jade um, in this past week was she showed up to an Atlanta Hawks game with Naomi, and they took videos together, kind of and put it right? on, put it online. They sat together at an Atlanta Hawks game, and presumably, like if you check out Twitter. Uh, you can find all that stuff. So Jay's from Florida, uh, right? Yes. So you already know what that is. Um, but yeah, so I'd imagine 
conversations were had. So something's going on. You know, Mercedes well, Monet you has been tampering. You know, let the talent talk. Sasha Banks has been doing a lot of trademarking. Uh, um, you know, she apparently trademarked her real name recently. Mm. So, um, we'll we'll see where it all leads. I, I don't want to get into it too much because it, done it, it will be anything. Yeah, <laughs> we've done it too so. many times already. Yeah. <clears throat> After that, though, we got a super main event, uh, Game Three, uh, and James the Bits have made BTE. So. Oh, yeah. uh, yeah, the, they've acknowledged the NBA EW thing. Um, they had Daniel Garcia with Private Party, and they did a whole like spoof of like you know undisputed or first take, asking the crazy questions, yelling at each other. Um, so like, and, and what, they I, did, what like, I have hated as much as I do first take and undisputed for real. You, I think you would have laughed just. <laughs> You know, uh, but it, it was a lot of the actually some of the stuff I was saying, like my, my my tweet that I put out with that thing got really popular last week. And I think this kind of um, confirms I feel like they saw it. So um, yeah. this this is really cool. Um, and and uh, the, this was the uh, game three. So the elite uh, desperate to basically jump back into the into the uh, the series here. Um, they were they were 100 cheered pretty much this this uh, week. They didn't have to worry about fuck the elite uh, in Indianapolis. Um, they come out first and on BT said, you know, wrestlers are marks, so we, we need to find a way to uh, uh, w- w- let's jump during their entrance. Let's take away their entrance or something. You know, we gotta we can't fuck around this week essentially. So they jump uh, the uh, Lucha Bros and Pack during their entrance, uh, brawl around the building kind of in a wild way. So. Uh, they changed the style again of the match. I think there was a lot of big brawling and then got in the ring after. And they basically, yes, yes, I did say, see Dave Sheriff from PWI Insider who has an insane agenda come out here and start lying. Yes. Um, they, uh, you know, they did their thing. It's, it's the elite in the, in the death triangle and uh, the elite ended up getting the win here when, um, uh, pack went for like a shooting star press and basically caught knees to the fucking uh, the broken nose pretty much incapacitated him. Uh, there was a lot of wild spots in this match uh, big dives uh, just like lots of lots of fun in this one um, and uh, Matt Jackson saved his legacy uh, he knew it was a legacy game so uh, had fun on this one and this was this was fucking excellent like what do you think it's going to be like so uh, the league get the win. Uh, they don't do. They avoid the three zero thing, uh, which I think all of us were pretty much saying they were smart. They'd be smart to avoid that. But uh, James, what do you think of this? Great match, not on the level of the first two matches, but different and um, still just great action between all six of them because they're six great wrestlers. Um, and on the ramp when they were fighting um, at the start. They they grab Pack at the bottom of the ramp and the, and the Jacksons both have both his arms and Kenny is coming down from the top of the ramp to give him like the like the Grand Slam Brian Danielson V trigger right and Pack breaks free and, and super kicks him out the fucking sky and Kenny Omega like fucking falls <laughs> dies and slides bro i want a clip i want the gif of that like that shit was an all-time like <laughs> bro 
<laughs> like, obviously, they obviously is a they part of like the performance, the but like, way. if he had told me that he had went out for a half a second, uh, and, and, and the slid, like, you couldn't have done, you couldn't have taken that bump any better as far as making it look like he got knocked the fuck out in midair. It was awesome. Um, and that was the start of the match. There were so many crazy, awesome things in this match. Uh, one thing I did not like is there's still, so, or not Jurassic Express, Death Triangle, it seems like they're destined to ultimately break up and they will break up over this fucking hammer and it boggles my mind because they've used the hammer twice and Pac, I'm sorry, Pac, but, uh, Ray use, Ray Phoenix is using, using it in the first match and now in the third match, he doesn't want to use it now. And like, clearly, mm-hmm. They're going to lead to Act 2. They're going to lose also because of this fucking hammer. And I'm going to be like, nigga, you using the first fucking match. Now you have an issue now in match three with a hammer? Get get out of here. Get out of here with that. But outside of that, um, awesome match. Another one. Um, I don't know what I rated. Somewhere in the fours. But, like, I, I think it pales in comparison to the first two matches. Like, the first match, I probably get five. The second match, I probably give, like, high four and a half. Probably consideration for four and three quarters. This might be something like four and a half. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, there's so much awesomeness going on. I'm kind of numb to, I, th- I uh, think I'm like it. five, I think I'm like five, four and three quarters, four and a half. Okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, but we're still four more of these. <laughs> Send them out, baby. <laughs> um, yeah. So they're, they're running it up. Uh, I'll just go on the record uh, now. Uh, this is going to be the best best of seven series uh, in the history of pro wrestling. Um, you know, as far as like an official short, you know, not some long period thing like Okada no or Okada Tanahashi. No, I'm talking about an official thing where they they're only wrestling each other over a short amount of time. This is going to be the one. Um, I very uh excited about where the rest of this thing goes because like you know um, you look at it and it's like all right they got winners coming in texas uh they could do the 3-1 thing and you know you will get a lot of good nba w content out of that uh i'll i already have some stuff saved um for for, for that uh meme wise uh i've got a i've got a week off from doing my uh preparation for my voiceover for next week which i'll uh make sure i have that up uh on twitter uh to uh uh you know contribute to the culture as they say uh but yeah so i feel like they gotta go like either two two one 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 or two two um well i take it back i feel like or two three two no, because I feel like you got to have the young buck. I feel like you got to have the uh, the elite like behind the whole time, or tied, tied, or never ahead until the end, until they get to game seven. Or I'm, now I'm calling them games too. My God, uh, until the seventh match. So, so yeah, like I feel like that would be most intriguing. Um, but I mean, <clears throat> whatever. Like as long as they don't do like pretty much at this point, as long as they don't do three one, I think it they can make. They can make any. They can maybe make three one more, but I think like for me is like I know you're not. I know they're not going to not go to a game seven. Not doing it again. Like I know they're going to have a seventh match. Don't don't bullshit me. Just keep it close and competitive the whole time, and like whatever we find. So I feel like you know any two two thing after that is is works for me. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if I wonder what kind of trope they could steal. Um, could they do like a Willis Reed thing where we don't we don't know if somebody's available for Game Seven, and you know there's there's injuries that may factor into this thing. So I, I feel like there's like there's another layer of storytelling 
that they could uh they could attach to this. Yeah, yeah. But um yeah, that was Dynamite. Uh Rampage was was cool. Like it wasn't anything like uh you know super see super like did, uh what is it? Uh Cole Carter versus Darwin. I was like not interested. I heard like I, I watched it like that was a decent match. People actually liked that. I think a lot more than I did. I was like, man, I I just want to see Darby doing important things. So, um, uh, yeah, Kenny Omega's Willis Reed. I, I had the same thought. Um, you know, like he's just coming from the dome. Will he even be available? You know, he's just he's just faced Will Osprey. Um, but uh, yeah, I just want to see Darby doing important things and. Darby and Samojo are wrestling uh, for the TNC title next week. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I am not excited about the prospect of Darby Allen possibly being a setup guy for Juice Robinson. However, um, I'm sorry, yeah. what? You know, because Juice Robinson has a match with Samojo for the yeah. always TV title on the pay per view. Yeah. Darby's wrestling Joe next week for the TNT title. Oh, okay. 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 So. Um, they also announced on Rampage that FTR will be taking on the acclaimed this week for the championship for the AEW title. So they're getting their title shot. Um, and I feel like uh, this is this is all angle alert right here. I think everyone on the Internet kind of sees this coming. Um, I think that, uh, you know, like I've, I've been on the record saying they'll never get all four. Um, if they turn and, heel. Um, even. Because, yeah, I don't because know. the thing is this, right? If they people are gonna be uh, upset if they do win because people like the acclaimed a lot, right? But if they I hear turn the acclaimed to the top merch sellers in the company, they can still be the top merch sellers being ch- uh, chasing uh, FTR for a month. Um, I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't put it past them to be like, we'll do it, but we got to we got to turn them heel to do it, whatever else. And like you're like, what are the reservations on, on turning FTR heel or turning them heel at this point? There's not many. None. Yeah. So, except they it's a like a lot of for for, for, I, for as much for as much as their online personas or Dax's online persona grates a lot of us. Like a lot of that stuff doesn't translate to the arenas. They're so wildly cheered, very over. Uh, everyone still likes them pretty right. much. But the thing um, is, if they're gonna, when, <clears> but what happens when the match starts with a claim? What do you think is gonna happen? Are they gonna get cheered more than they claim? I don't think so. It, I don't know. Um, it it, it could be close, be but it's going to be in uh, Texas. So uh, at, at, no, no, is no. It Where's some, is it no, no, no. It's no. It's this week. I don't know where they are this week. Okay, uh, okay. I have to check. But um, I, I think you know. There's an element. I think of. <laughs> I know people will probably think I'm insane. I think they have been protecting FTR from the acclaimed because a second, um, you know. Max drops, you know, a freestyle on Dax and talks about how he looks stupid or you know, complain on the internet or something like that. Everybody's going to point and laugh at Dax, and there's nothing worse than the funny guy because to make everyone laugh at you. Um, so Max just better come prepared. So, um, but yeah, that match is happening next week, uh, and then you would think. Like I think the whole thing is set up for the Gun Brothers to fuck FTR, and then they're gonna do the Gun Brothers and FTR uh, at the ROH show for the ROH belts. Who is asking for a Gun Club? Who? I don't even give damn it's ROH. Who? 
I'll say this about the gun club. I know, they look, and good, I know, and, I, and I know Dax and, and I know Dax and them like they like them and think they could they could do something with them. Sure, I don't want to see them on a on no pay per view on a fucking title match. No, put that shit on television. <laughs> Am I wrong here? I mean, I mean, we we can see the greatness of FTR, James. You know, they say they're the best tag team in the world. You know, you know, gotta, you know. It, um, look, I'm not, I'm not finna do that. My point is, like, I want to see like a great matchup. Like FTR is great. I want to see a great matchup. This ain't a great matchup. This is a match of some guys with with a great tag team. Um, there's also like uh, whispers of the kingdom maybe uh, having a chance at getting a shot. So maybe it's maybe it's the kingdom and FTR. I mean, maybe I mean, it's... look, Taven is a lot better than <clears throat> both of them. That's fair. So, so whatever, whatever. Yeah, but um, I guess we can uh, go ahead and oh, also uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are an absolutely hilarious tag team. Um, yeah, who did they be? They beat Private Party. So, yeah, how about that? Um, after that, uh, the QT and, um, and Orange Cassidy, uh, this is just a perfectly fun main event. Crowd got into it, which was kind of like something at the end of this long night. Um, this is pretty cool. You know, QT shows a lot of ass, and he ended up um, – getting there was one near fall uh that everyone thought was there, they that they bought and um <laughs> for the for the uh the all atlantic but uh orange ended up getting a win and i feel like when orange cassidy wins it's just like the 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 ultimate feel-good moment for the promotion it's like oh yeah everything's right orange won and then um house of black ended up closing out this show uh in the chaos of the all the lumberjacks and laying out pretty much everybody and they ended up whooping Brandon Cutler's ass um, at at the end, kind of dropping breadcrumbs. And this uh, closed BTE this week. Uh, it was almost like House of Black was sending a message to the elite. So um, possibly in the outset of uh, the best seven wrapping up, House I mean, of Black will be waiting for him. Well, yeah. I mean, eventually they're going to have to do that match because, uh, you know, like the beginning of this year, like we waited forever because of uh, Phoenix's um, fucked up elbow um, and that title change that like we were waiting for, like Death Triangle versus Kings of the Black, or sorry, uh, whatever Kings of the Black Throne, like for you know for months, and then we finally got it on a, a pre-show for a pay-per-view, right? Yeah, a Revolution. That's yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, and, they, and they brought in Eric Rowan to help out. That's right. That's right. Um. So yeah. Um. So now, because so they've already done that, it makes sense that they do the elite thing, and that's gonna be awesome. Like I've wanted to see Alistair Bl- or Malachi, Alistair Black, whatever you want to call him, Tommy in like versus Omega for a long time, for like over five years at this point. So I'm excited to see that. Um, yeah, uh, but you know, Trio's Vision is gonna like it's gonna be smokers. It's gonna be smokers, and then we're gonna look at that tag division and be like, the acclaim's really fun. And like they have good, they have some really good matches every every now and then, but like that trio division is gonna be just firing on all cylinders in in the ring. I said it on the night uh, the elite came back, and they had match one with Death Triangle. Death Triangle won. The trio titles are the world titles in this promotion right now. Yeah, yeah. 
So especially when uh, like MJF's gonna be like, yeah, I'm only gonna wrestle like maybe 24 times a year, <laughs> maybe if that. Know. I doubt it's even 24. No, if you if you ask me what what type of wrestling I want to see is this lightning fast explosive wrestling that's that motherfuckers jumping off off the arena. I love it. Hook it to the veins. Let's go. But um, James, I guess there's only one thing left to do, and that's to hit the music. Okay, so lots of things. We um, we didn't cover much of Tag League except for like the first uh, opening show. Um, and that was a really good show. Uh, but um, I would say that this show didn't necessarily have the... Or this particular tournament didn't have necessarily the highs of last year when you had teams like... Um, <clears throat> where you had teams like... Uh, Momo Oz or um, FWC—they're still around, but like I feel like we we had a bit of uh, a higher like uh, floor, if you will. Um, so it was so it was still like interesting even for a tag league and like seeing like you know Nanai and you in and like they're actually like one of the better teams like show to show is interesting. Um, it was really fun, but like I, I'm just gonna go over. Um, the final night, um, the key details of the final night. So, um, in the blue block, I'm sorry, the red block started first. So, in the uh, the red block, you had Meltier, the the tag champions, the high at the high with ten points, um, and then you had Bella Mafia at eight points. They had faced Black Desire, and if they won, they would get the tiebreaker over Meltier because they won night one against Meltier. Um, and Aphrodite, they end up facing, um, you know who Aphrodite, Aphrodite is, right? Nah. Aphrodite is Kamatani in, in Utami. I don't know oh. if you, I didn't know if you knew her tag name. <laughs> I didn't know their yeah, official they, name. Yeah, they, that's been their tag name for years. Um, uh, so anyway, um, so they were on eight points as well. Um, and they faced Meltier in the last night. So, um, first match is, uh, for that block. Uh, of consequence, you end up getting um, Black Desire versus Bella Mafia. In the middle of this match, um, and this has been happening ever since uh, Tekla came back for Tag League, they do a, uh, they do this spot where one person's in front, one person, uh, or they get basically a, a pointed basically down on their knees, uh, and like one person's in the front, one person in the back, and they basically throw like stereo big forearms, right? And sometimes, and most times it connects. Other times, like the person may escape his last gas, get out of the way because they're because they're you know uh, to keep just keep the match going. So they, I think it was Momo. They had dead to rights here by the crash with the double forearms, and Momo gets out the way. And like during the tournament, whenever they've missed, they just you know crack forearms and it's fine. Tekla fucking drill Julia right in the face. Fucking hauled off and crashed her, split her open, like probably like around the nose area. I couldn't tell where the bullets come from, but like it wasn't above the forehead. Uh, it wasn't from the forehead; it was below. It was, I think it was like she she crashed the ridge of her nose. I, I didn't get any pictures to tell or whatever else, but 
Julia starts leaking all over the place and she continues wrestling and it made me had to go like go and like be like, rewind and be like wait what happened because I don't remember Momo making any, doing anything to her to make it me like she was bleeding and I saw I was like oh Tekla got her good on accident got her good um but uh yeah so they end up in the uh going down the final stretch where you have uh Momo and Tekla and um Momo ultimately I'm sorry yeah not Momo kid kid ends up getting um. Tech out of there with a moonsault and um Bella Mafia's eliminated and uh Black Desire got to <laughs> got to run off into the night again, spoiling another person's close the door on another person uh uh chances in a tournament. Like much like Momo did in uh in the blue block and much like Saki did in the red block in, in the Grand Prix, like they got to just ruin uh Bella Mafia's uh shot. So uh then you basically get like the final it's tech. It's um, Meltier on ten points versus um, Aphrodite on eight points, and this match was really good. And like, this clearly was a match where like they're they're basically giving you a tease of like, this is the first match we're doing. We're going to do another one. Um, so at the end, Kamatani ends up putting away uh, Nasapoi with a uh, four fifty splash. Still hasn't done the uh, Phoenix splash since um, wrecking. Uh, Mina, but damn good match. Like, like maybe probably like three and three quarters, something like that. Um, and you know, like back pocket, Aphrodite has the she has the championship or, or has beaten the champions. They have that in their back pocket. So move on to the uh the blue block, and the blue block is um. My Hime at 10 points, and they face FWC, who's on 8 points. And then uh, there is a match uh, between Nasako and Roaka versus Nanai and Yu that's also like in play as well. So they run the... Um, they run the, uh, the My Hime versus FWC match first. And... Um, like, Kaguma is in all kinds of trouble. I'm sorry, Hazuki is in all kinds of trouble. Like, Hameka has done everything short of hit her with, like, the power bomb. Um, so, Hazuki keeps keep surviving, keeps surviving. And then Hameka goes to get her for the power bomb and goes for the running power bomb. And, like, Hazuki jumps off her shoulders. And you know, Hameka is now on, you know, on on the ground, facing forward. Suzuki, Lamai Strong Cradle, one, two, three. This match is damn good. Um, and like, I want to see them wrestle again and again and again. Um, hey, uh, they called it. Uh, Warnock beat them. Okay, okay. Um, so FWC gets to ten points, but. While they're at 10 points um, and have the tiebreaker over um, Mahime, like both teams are eliminated because FWC lost to Nasco and Rowaka and lost to Nanai and Yu. So Nanai and Yu versus Nasco and Rowaka ends up being like basically the de facto final for the blue block. And I gotta say, during this tournament, or since Nanai or since Nanette or Nasco has came back, 
this is the hardest she has consistently tried since she's gotten to Oedotai. Like, she still cheats, whatever else, but it's more in line with, like, what Kid and Momo do than, like, just drag it to hell in this house of torture and it's awful and, like, she's lazy and doesn't try hard. Like, she's actually trying hard. So, like, um, like, I don't know what changed other than her injury, but, like, I'm glad to see the change. Because, like, I used to go into these shows dreading whatever amount of time she had. And now, like, her matches are actually, like, not bad anymore. Um, for now. Uh, you know, I'm still, she's still on probation. She's still on probation, but, like, um, she, she's gotten herself off the, you know, the annual, like, put them in a coffin award uh, category as a nominee. So, Man. um. Changing times. Bro. You and Nanai versus Natsuko and Ruaka had no business being as good as it was. <laughs> it, I don't, it, it makes, okay, so <clears throat> at the start of the tournament, um, Nanai was chastising Ruaka for using, um, the refrigerator bomb, like the top rope frog splash, saying that, like, that's my move. Why are you using my move? And Ruaka was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Like, then I was trying to, like, intimidate Raka, and Raka's sitting in the chair while, like, then I stand over, and, like, you can see, like, she looks, Raka looks in the camera and was like, doesn't look like I give a fuck if I'm, if, if I'm using your move, you're upset that I'm using your move. Like, I actually, like, have a still of the press conference when she's doing, like, it's, it's the coolest thing Raka's ever done. But anyway, like, so, um, from years ago, right, like, and this is, this is funny, because I was talking to, uh, Sam about, Sam Brown about this, about, like, if he, like the things that he like picks up in nuances, small detail, like for 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 shows that actually have commentary, like the things that he would love about Stardom if he actually watched it. From Kagetsu's retirement show from February 2020, Rich, NASCO was in a match against you, and like they fucking had like like a big tension in this in this match. It's like the third match on the card. I don't know why. No idea. Maybe because like you're big, I'm big. Let's just be mean and big, right? Flash forward to no, or sorry, December fourth, two thousand twenty-two. They're in the match, and they're basically picked off where they left off from a from a retirement produce show from two years ago, over two years ago. Random. I don't know. I just remember it. And like they're you know they're they're chopping each the shit out of each other. Um, they both tried, uh, they end up getting, uh, you, you in the corner on the ground and like, uh, Nesco like is mockingly hitting the cannonball on you. You later gets her back. Um, and they basically go to a double down and it leads to Rawaka versus Nanai. And like Nanai basically like carries Rawaka through like the end of a, of a, of a closing of a good, of a very good match. And Rowaka ends up hitting like the the refrigerator bomb on a nigh, and you're like, oh my god, she's. She, I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, oh my god, she's gonna pin the nigh. Kicks out at like two point nine nine nine, uh, and then uh, the nigh uh then proceeds to like fight back, and ends up getting uh the win with I think her own um refrigerator bomb. It is a very good match. It's probably like three and three quarters, three and a half, something like that. Like this this show had a number of. No match, no matches I would necessarily think or or say were were four, except for maybe the final. But like a bunch of like high three type of stuff, 
right? Like the melt here match, uh, the, um, this match, the FWC, uh, mafia Bella match, same thing. Uh, FWC versus, um, my him. I, I actually wouldn't be mad if someone gave that a four, uh, cause of the finish, but yeah, like quality show. So the final is an IU versus Kamatani and, uh, and Utami. Get to the middle of the match. They finally get to Nanai and Utami, and it's like they're doing what I thought they would do if they ever got in the ring together. They're just throwing fucking bombs, and and it's awesome. Um, but the closing stretch comes down to you versus Kamatani, and like Kamatani is like hurricane kicks, spinning wheel kick, uh, hurricanrana out of off the second rope to get out of a out of a second rope power bomb. Uh, they they just threw they threw the kitchen sink at this thing at the end. Um, I, I thought they may have done like one or two too many kickouts or whatever else, but ultimately at the end, um, they uh, U- Utami and Kamatani go for a double move on you. You gets out the way and like Kamatani ends up taking out uh, Utami with a um spinning heel kick, and then uh, Nanai rolls her out the ring, and then like. They proceed to like give her like the the combo razor's edge power bomb, um, and then like hits her with a couple other big things, and then eventually you gets uh Kamatani and uh, with a, with like the the big last riot power bomb and stacks on top of her and pins her, and uh, Nanai and you end up winning the tag league, um, and they go and they're going to face uh they're going to face Meltier at uh, Sumo Hall, um, but yeah like I. This was a really good like closing show. Um, is I think it might be deeper than last year's. It didn't have um, a match nearly as good as like the uh, Momo Oz versus FWC um, main event or final from last year. But this was a damn good um, main event, and I thought like you know in a weird way I thought like maybe you do. I, I thought maybe you end up doing like. I think it's going to happen anyway, but like maybe you do like FW or not FWC, but like Aphrodite versus Meltier, like in Sumo Hall or whatever. Then, then like, then as I forgot that like Kyrie already has a match with Utami like set, but like, if not, like that could have easily been like the second. Did you hear the stipulation for that match? Uh, isn't it something like loser has to come out in their like original costume, like yes, your young girl gear that they have to come out in, in their original debut costume and they have to have no music, they have to run to the ring. But both of them, no, like whoever the loser. loses when, yeah. the next show, basically. Like, so I, I don't know if it's the next show necessarily, but like it, the loser has to, has to run and they might as well get the swimsuit, you know, and, and, and <laughs> run to the run, that run, damn old. <laughs> run to the ring with no music like a young girl. I mean, the, I mean, the only person who wore some, wore some swimsuit is like Nanai and Star because I was born in like 78. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it, was a, it was a really fun show like going through like the important things. I had to go through and watch the rest of the stuff like there, uh, like uh, I, I did skim through some of the finishes. Like there was a uh, uh, Peach Rock, Mayu, and Kogo versus I Love Tokyo Sports, Death and Saki. Where like Mayu finally got back uh one of the crucifix pin uh jobs she's done from Saki. Like and I was like about time. You got like four more to go, but about yeah, time you gotta even these odds. Um also, the day before show, um, it was Karate Brave, 
Shuri, and uh, Tomoka versus versus Saki and, and Death. And Saki fucking got Shuri again, bro. <laughs> I'm check that out. <laughs> but yeah, um, you can either be a Saki Kashima or Momo. Like, <laughs> Saki's life seems so much more fun. Oh my god, that's terrible. So, um, also on the day before show, um, before the final, um, after a match, Hikari Shimizu, uh, you know, from the Cosmic Angels uh, slash Colors, uh. Hook up. Shout out to Josh Sanchez, follower. Go ahead. Okay. So, Akari uh, Shimizu from the, like, Colors and Cosmic Angels, co- or Cosmic Colors, like, link up, like, challenged uh, Azumi to a high-speed title shot at uh, at Sumo Hall. So, that's a little hard. That should be very good as well. Um, so, like, I guess at this point, now that, like, the card seems to be kind of finalized, I think they did a press conference today. Yeah, you saw a lot of people today. upset with this card. Yeah, so it's a, it a one match show. It, it's a it's it feels like a two match show. Um, for what like an a show stardom show has been the last two three years. Um, I think it'll still be quality, but like as far as like building up storylines and you know delivering over you know weeks, months, and years even, um, it is lacking, definitely lacking. But uh, at the top you had rub up match Sherry versus Julia. Um. Seemingly the number two match on the card is uh, Kyrie versus Utami. No note for no belt. It's just a special singles match. Um, what I presume is the... Uh, well, actually, no. I, I guess it's the number three match. I'm not sure. I wouldn't put number three on based on this card. But um, Kamatani is defending the white belt versus Haruka Umasaki. Haruka Umasaki is a new blooder from Diana. It feels like they just, if they've never had any interaction, I, I don't even remember, how, I can't remember how many times Kamatani's uh, even been on New Blood. Like, it, it's like a random throw it out there and do it. Like, and I'm, and like, from this perspective, like, this is what I'm like, this is, why did they do this? Why is this, why is this on the A show? Why is it third from the top on the A show for a stardom uh, year end big show? I don't get it. Um, then, uh, uh, underneath that tag team title match, Meltier versus Nanai and you, that should be very good at the worst. Um, and then you have, uh, below that trios match, Oedo Tai, Momo, Kid, and Saki versus Prominence, Karumi, um, Suzu, and Risa. That should be in, I, th- I believe it's a, I think it's a hardcore match as well. Um, so like, yeah, it's a hardcore match. Like that's even hardcore match or not. It was going to be great. Um, What's going on? Um, Christian Walker sent out a, a tweet about uh, Herschel Walker. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so I'm just kind of laughing. Okay. Uh, below that, high-speed match, Azumi versus Akari Shimizu. Um, then you have a three-way number one contendership uh, tag match. You got New Era's Mariah Ami versus Maihime versus Nasco and Rowaka. I'm assuming what they're doing is ba- looking at this card, uh there's also uh there's also a a, a stars trios match. It is uh Mo- or sorry, uh, Mayu and Hannon and Kogo versus FWC and Ida. Um 
And like, and then I think the opener, the opener is a return match for, for Mina's Mina and Unagi. Both, they'll both be back, uh, versus my and Tekla. Um, so my first thought at looking at this card is they're running another show. Like they're running a big show, like in the next two months after this, it gotta be mm-hmm. because they're saving stuff that like would be on a big show. Um, so for example, you know, going into uh, tag league, I thought that like I thought that um, Mike and Hameka were going to win and then face Meltier here. They end up going with an I and U. Okay, um, like I thought, you know, before we end up hearing about the trios match, like you're going to get like Kid was probably going to face Kamatani or something like that, right? Because Kid actually beat Kamatani at the Grand Prix. Kamatai's chasing after the white belt. Um, so that didn't happen. She's in a trio's defense versus prominence. Okay, that's fine. I imagine it'd be great anyway, but like they're saving matches. Um, and like to see the Kamatani get a defense versus somebody that like should not be third from the top in Sumo Hall is like, okay. Yeah, I saw I didn't even know who that was on the flyer. So another thing about Haruma Musaki is like the last uh <clears throat> the she's been doing um this storyline on on New Blood with uh with Kid in Oedo Tai where like they're trying to turn over to the dark side and like on the last show I believe like she showed up in this new gimmick and she was basically like an evil villain and like she had this funky new gear and people were like what the fuck is she going for we don't really understand or get what she's going for and what she's trying to do like that's where she that's where she last left off. But like she's treating it like that's a gimmick and like this is like me normal and this is me when I'm in gimmick or whatever else. So I don't know I really don't know how good she actually is to be put in this particular brand of deep water. Um but you know, commentary's been great, they'll figure it out. Uh but it, it is like from a star power perspective, it is shocking that this is the uh thing. Like if this is going to be, if this was going to be the uh, the opponent, um, then it almost feels like um, they, like the Mayu thing, fucked up some things. It feels like they were like they, like they could have done Aphrodite versus Meltier second from the top on the show, but like because Mayu. And taking his belt and wrestling or whoever else uh, in an exhibition match or whatever else that like they had to pull Utami, and when they pull Utami, then Kamatani has to scramble to figure out a match instead of it being those two versus them. That's what it feels like. And like with the with the the with like with the other options they also had with the tag belts, like they could have did um, my Hime, you know, or whatever else. Like it feels like that's also like. They're doing that through it, match. You get them the shot, and they do it at anniversary show in January. So, like, it feels like they got some up their sleeve for, like, I don't know, March or whatever else. It feels like they're saving, like, something big for March, maybe even late February. I don't know. But um, compared to last year, Star Power and Bill for Cars not there. Like, last year, second from the top was Tam versus Kamatani after, you know, her, Kamatani went into the... Um, the uh, Cinderella tournament and then like failing in her first defense and getting another, getting, you know, getting back to it. 
um, had the Shuri, you know, whole year run thing, um, had the, uh, comma, I'm sorry, the Konami and Julia match were like, Konami's leaving and Julia's returning. Um, yeah, it just feels a step down. It, it, it does. Um, but like the card is still very strong. I just don't think it's like a match of the year or a show of the year contender like, uh, Dream Queen was on paper. Um, so for an aspect of disappointing, but it still would be a great show. Um, but like the, the Umasaki thing is like, what? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I got for stardom. Cool, man. Um, make sure you guys are downloading the, uh, episodes of, uh, one nation radio on the individual feed. Um, I believe keeping it strong. Style has another show coming out this week, uh, for their awards. Of course, keeping it strong style has their stuff ready. I do not have the one nation radio award nominees ready. Um, still going through that, working on that. So look for that in the coming weeks. Um, I am hearing, uh, there are eight new members of the wrestling observer newsletter hall of fame. Uh, that will be revealed uh, this week. I'm hoping that JYD uh, and all the uh, JYD gets in and all the public balloting. It looks like he could get in. Uh, prepare. It. We'll, we will talk about it next week if he gets in or we'll talk about whoever's getting in anyway. But um, James, if he goes in, I'm going to be uncontrollable on this show. <laughs> I, I just want everybody to know right now. Like, I don't know how I'm going to react. Have you looked at Have we looked at uh, the um, at JML's uh, tracker yet to see how that's the going? public percentage is like he's like he he would make it right now. Uh, I saw okay. I saw like uh, I think it was Alan Sheepshot. Josh sent me something. Um, he's one of the people that would make it right now in the public ballots. So uh, whatever the the private ones, they'll, they'll tell the story. But um, at least <laughs> like if he doesn't make it, I'm sure he's looking at a nice little jump. Which, you know, you know, I don't want to take all the credit there, but I mean, I don't know anybody else that was louder for JYD uh, and had, you know, than it was coming from us. So, um, you know, this was uh, something I, I, I felt very passionately about. And I just decided to start writing about it and uh, hopefully, you know, it resonates. So, um, you know, got a lot of got a lot of traffic on it. Appreciate everybody who shared it. And uh, hopefully, you know, JYD can uh, take his his place in the HOF. So uh, hopefully they'll give me a ballot one of these days. All right. Um, so uh, thanks for listening. Y'all that's in the show. Be sure to raise one app you're using to listen to this with. Um, if you're listening from, or if you're watching from the stream, I uh, see our links to the PayPal link to the cash app. You can go there, drop a donation. If you're listening uh, to the podcast, hey, it's the holiday season. Hook your boys up. Yeah. Um, uh, and link to the uh, in the description of the show notes, whatever else you can see the link to our red circle drop us off of a donation there. Um, and listen to other shows on the network besides one issue radio. You have keeping a strong style, the Ricky and Clive wrestling show, Roman watches shit, grave consequences podcast, eight bit suplex, all things elite, uh, get in the ring, uh, meet the press slam. Uh, just one I'm forgetting. I always forget one. I think one of Danny's podcasts that always happens. Get in the ring, meet the press for slam, 
uh, great match generator. Great match generator. God damn it, that's one I forgot. Anyway, uh, be sure to uh, check out those. Uh, and thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Smoking on that Herschel Walker pack. That egg is scrambled. <laughs> <laughs>